Welcome back to Sequel Harder, the podcast where we analyze good movies and their awful sequels. I'm Dave, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Eric. Hey, how's it going? And today we have a special guest, Margo. Hi! And Margo chose to do the Scream movies. So uh, talk to us about Scream. What, uh, when did you first see it? How did it affect you? I love Scream. I personally, well, except for the fourth one, which I refuse to acknowledge or have it as canon. Um, I love the Scream trilogy. I don't really think that any of them are necessarily bad. Of course, the first one is always better, but I watched the first Scream in the fifth grade, um, probably way too young. One of my best friend's older sisters did not enjoy babysitting as much, so she wanted to like terrify us and also keep us quiet for like an hour and a half or two hours at a time. So she put on Scream, and I'd never, other than Child's Play, I'd never really seen a scary movie before, and it terrified me so much that this like masked fucking psycho would chase you around and murder all your friends. But I also was laughing, so it was like a very confusing juxtaposition. And so ever since then, I was just sort of really hooked into it, and then I saw the second one and the third one in theaters with a parent and they also don't understand why I love slasher movies but there's something about how it meets like campy and scary at the same time but I'd say that Scream is my patient zero for loving horror movies is really what it comes down to okay cool how about you, Eric? What's uh, your history? Uh, see, so yeah, I saw the first one uh, on VHS in 1996. I remember that vividly. Uh, it, it falls into that, that <laughs> category of time of memory. Um, but so really old shit, and then two to six, <laughs> yeah, exactly. two, two days to six months. Yeah, yeah. But then that period from two years to like ten years is nothing. It's like, dark. Yeah. It's just dark. And then after that, you remember everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, the, the second and third, uh, I remember watching those on VHS as well. Uh, and then finally, the fourth one's actually kind of a funny story. We went to uh, visit my wife's family in Cleveland, and we stayed at a really nice hotel. And when we got into the room, it was dirty, like dirt, like they never even cleaned oh, no. it. And they, and they did this weird thing where they called the room, and when I answered it, they're like, um, they tried to hide the fact that they didn't clean it. They what? were like, they were like, um, do you mind if we have a uh, a maid come up and and train another maid in your room real fast? <laughs> they just want to kind of go over how it is, uh-huh. and, and yours is one of the only rooms that's like newly available. And my wife and I were like, really? yeah, dirty. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. So we kind of came up, and we just sort of like kind of stood in the corner a little bit, and they just sort of picked everything up, and she pretended to show her like you could tell the one maid knew what she was doing but she was just <laughs> and then at the end yeah. they're like oh thank you for providing this training exercise here's a coupon for a free like in hotel ah. movie right and so we ended up watching scream that night oh, okay. was, scream four specifically. Scream, uh, yeah, scream oh, four, four, thank right. you yeah so I, I saw that one in a hotel room so. <laughs> nice nice yeah i i'm pretty sure i saw the first two in the theaters um and loved them you know just like it, it was that weird you know i grown up on Freddy and Jason and all the other 
schlocky horror movies. And then when this came, comes out, it's like, oh, it flips it on its head, right? And then I don't think I saw the third one until like last year. Huh. Um, Melissa, my girlfriend, is a huge Scream fan as well. And in fact, when I was doing this for this, she, she was over for the weekend. She's like, we just went through the first three. Yes. <laughs> and then she's like, you're on your own with the fourth one. <laughs> right. The fourth one is... Has she seen the fourth one? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. So she knew it was... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but we had actually watched the first three last year together as well, just because they were on Netflix or whatever. I think, yeah, uh, but, all three of them are on Netflix. That's where I watched... I rewatched the third mm-hmm. one because I haven't seen it in a long time. Right. I was happy that I didn't have to pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and so I hadn't seen the third one until last year and saw it then. I was like, okay, it's pretty good. And then I watched the fourth one for this show, unfortunately. Oh, we can get into the fourth one. Yeah. yeah. I saw, when I saw our the fourth one early. in theaters, I dragged Marlon A and Brock and, you know, I got high. And so I got Marlon A like contact high. And so the whole time her reactions were so over the top and exaggerated. Like up, yeah. She was just like, whoa, like had outsized reactions to everything. And I think that that was my favorite part of the whole movie was watching my friend that was contact high. You just stop and turn yeah, and watch her. her. Yeah, because I was like, this is dumb. You it's can like, see a, it's like a YouTube going. reaction video where you just, yeah. <laughs> Or like those terrible trailers where like everybody was so scared in this movie. Watch this audience. Uh, right, 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 like right, that right. was her. <laughs> I would pay to see Marlene High. Yeah, it was very funny. <laughs> she was not having it. But I have to say, though, real quick, the the Scream TV show, at least the first season on MTV, I actually enjoyed. I begrudgingly watched it, and I was like watching it in secret and like keeping it from my fiance, and was just like, "No, it's just so stupid. Like I don't even care." And then whenever he would be home, I'd like turn it off. Be like, "What happened last week?" I don't know. There was. I felt like they did a really good job with like keeping the tone and like preserving the tone from like the mm-hmm. first three movies, but then. It was, I mean, they tried really hard to, like, update it by having, like, podcasters and teens, and I thought in that way it was trying too hard, but I was still hooked. There's something about it that, like, I can't not watch. Mm. Is uh, Kevin Williamson involved with that? I don't think he gave the show its blessing, but I don't, his blessing, but I don't believe that he actually had anything to do with that one. (laughs) His blessing for exchange of money. Right. (laughs) Oh, is that check cleared? Yes, I'm fine with it. (laughs) Exactly. Cool. I did, I think I watched the first episode or two of that, and I thought it was pretty good. Right? It wasn't that bad. Yeah. All right. Um, Scream. The original Scream came out in 96, directed by uh, Wes Craven. So Nightmare on Elm Street, Last House on the Left, The Hills Have Eyes, and Walt Disney's Wonderful World of Color. (laughs) Right? Um, Well, you got to make that terrible first movie so they give you the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Are you related? Are you trying to pull uh, a reference from Scream 3? No. no. (laughs) You got to make Stab in order to make your rom-com or whatever it is that Scott Foley wants to make? Or Scott Speedman? Whatever. What are the dudes that's from Felicity? Sure. (laughs) Yeah, that was another thing. Scott Foley. As the movies progressed, they were pulling people from stuff that I wasn't aware of. So I'm like, oh, this is supposed to be some famous person. I don't know who they are or what show they're from because I never watched Felicity. Or, oh, yeah. You know. um, whereas the first movie, like, you knew everybody. Right? Mm. Uh, so the budget was $14 million. Any, mm. uh, any guesses on how much it grossed? I'll say 60 Okay. I'm so bad at this game. Just, like, guessing people's <laughs> age or height. I'm like, oh, no, man. Like, 10 I feel like it didn't do that well, the first one. It did. Oh, in really? US domestic it grossed 103 million. Oh, whoa. Nice. Yeah. And 173 worldwide. <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah. So So it was like a certified hit when it came it out, was, which it explains was. the the this, following Yeah, movies. I mean yeah. the sequel came out like what like 2 years later or something. Oh, they started filming it as soon as the first yeah. one was oh, in the theaters. I, yeah, I was not aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the IMDb synopsis is a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Uh Yeah, so it's it's Essentially taking all the tropes of every other teen slasher flick and uh, 
burying them for all to see. Um, it opens with uh, this. It's always when this is the sort of the hallmark of Scream is the cold open. Right. Drew Barrymore, she's in her home alone. She gets a call from a stalker and then suddenly her boyfriend is duct taped to a chair outside and he's asking her this horror What's movie trivia. What's your favorite scary yeah. movie? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? Oh, just some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters? What's yours? Guess. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the one where the guy had knives for fingers? Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Freddy, that's right. I like that movie. It was scary. Well, well, the first one was, but the rest sucked. So, you got a boyfriend? (laughs) Why, you want to ask me out on a date? Maybe. Do you have a boyfriend? Um, No. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. What did you say? Yeah, yeah. I heard that Drew Barrymore was in, was possibly going to play Sydney. Yes. And then she was the one that was like, if you put me in, like, because she was like super famous at the time. She's like, if you have me killed first, mm-hmm. like, then everybody will know that all bets are off and that anybody can die in this movie. Yeah. Like, so yeah, she kind of took herself out of the running for that one. Right. Right. I read the script while in film school with you guys and I remember reading it broad daylight in the middle of a park but was still absolutely terrified (laughs) because the way that they wrote the cold open it like sucks you in there's like something about the way that the way the language that Kevin Williamson uses in the script where he's like and then you hear a noise and then there's like a bunch of space till you get to like a dialogue or like the next action beat and like I started legit looking around the park (laughs) like is some dude gonna like jump out behind me because you get sucked into it just the language that they use and the way that it's sort of presented to you i could it, i feel like sometimes the script almost like works better than the movie uh, itself in I, some way the, the thing i like about this this whole series is that they they do something they don't normally do in, in horror movies or slashers is that you you do see the killer like it like lurking around in the shadows yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. he'll like walk behind them yeah. or something or yeah, yeah. a lot of times in horror movies it's like you just get that weird angle where it's like a negative space behind them and then it's like music building and it's like jump scare but this is just like nope he just like slipped between and through the kitchen and like and just sort of cut it's like and you, you're sort of like well, where's it gonna be next like what's going on like who it is, is a it? bit of like a where's waldo but where's like the terrifying scream mask yeah and it was yeah. it was kind of cool that like every single killer is a different person yes. so it's like it's not like it's not a jason it's not a freddy it's not the same people over and over again right so, and there's nothing supernatural yeah exactly yeah. there's so, no like resurrecting this person so it's, in a way it's sort of like a mystery of like who because you can kind of guess once you go once you watch him and you go back and rewatch him right. oh yeah you're like okay well it's kind of obvious that person's yeah. a killer they're effing weird out there (laughs) but they do at least the first two do really good job of making everybody a suspect yes definitely so yeah so uh, Drew Barrymore gets killed and then it turns out we you know uh, we get to Sydney and played by Nev Campbell and she's and then her boyfriend is sneaking into her room and there's a whole bunch of stuff about their relationship and and now that it's out of your system I was home watching television the uh, the exorcist was on got me thinking of you it did? Yeah. It was edited for TV, you know, all the good stuff was cut out, and it, it got me thinking of us. Well, two years ago, we started off hot and heavy. Nice, solid R rating on our way to an NC-17. And how 
Things have changed, and... Lately, we're just sort of edited for television. So, you thought you would climb my window and we'd have a little raw footage? <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't dream of breaking her underwear rule. And her mom was killed a year ago. Um, and it turns out that Drew Barrymore was another student at their high school. So when they go to school the next day, it's all <clears throat> police and everything interrogating people. The killer starts calling Sydney and using this disguised voice thing, uh, which is interesting. I read about the, the guy who did the voice for this. Oh, yeah. who's like the voice in the machine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the phone. For all four it, of them. Yeah, for all yeah. four of them. It was just one guy. It wasn't like the other actors do using a voice changer. It was this one actor. Interesting. I yeah. didn't know that. And when they were filming the scenes while they were on the phone with him, they were really on the phone with him. Yeah. And they never saw his face. They kept him hidden from the rest of the cast. So they would be freaked. Yeah. He's, he's not even really like a actual actor, actor. He's just like, they, cause they, the first one they filmed not far from here up in Santa Rosa. Mm -hmm. And so they, they just got some guy to come in to talk to the people on the phone so that this, you know, the syncing could kind of be right for the, like the phone calls and the conversations and stuff. And then they just ended up liking his voice and they just kept him in. Okay. And then they, they (laughs) put him in all four movies. Mm -hmm. Well, his voice is really fucking creepy. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You're right though. I have a note here. Um, like, I said it's amazing that Sydney can't tell that Billy's a psycho. <laughs> it's clear from the opening. Oh, well, I, I mean, speaking as a, someone that was a teenage girl, it's hard to tell like what's brooding and like fake mm. nihilism in teen boys, and like what's actually like, oh, you're a legit serial killer. It's <laughs> right. hard to tell underneath all of those emotions, but right. I do think that Ski Ulrich does dejected possible sociopath very well. Mm-hmm. And let us not forget Henry Winkler as the principal. Yes. Oh, I know. Was excellent. Yeah, that was yeah. one of the first things that, like, I remember, like, because like I, I always watched the the whole Nick at Night, like Happy Days stuff, okay. yes. and then I, like that was the first time I think I saw him, and I was like, this is something modern that he's <laughs> right. In, like, right. I, I like, remember feeling legit surprised that he was alive still. Exactly. No, I felt the <laughs> yeah. same way. Where I was like, oh my god, I recognize the Fonz. Like, yeah. But then was also. Upset, I was like, "How are you gonna fucking slice the fawns in half and then raise them up on a flagpole?" I was so traumatized. <laughs> that that by was that. traumatizing. Yeah, Ugh, that was a terrible scene. I feel like they didn't really shy away too much from like making school also like a terrifying place. Like there were no right. safe spaces or whatever, right. no matter what. And I do love the like, uh, God, what's the Wolverine movie called? I'm totally uh, Logan. Blank. What? Logan. No, no, no. Uh, Wolverines. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How they the, impose like a curfew to like keep you safe, but really it just puts you in more danger. After, right? No. No. I want to say Hunt for Red October, no, but that's no, no, not no, right. No, no, Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It's like something red, military, <laughs> children. Jennifer Grey. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it felt like imposing like restrictions on them only like make them more at risk slash give them the opportunity to band together and like defeat this like unknown evil or mm. whatever. Yeah. We did, um, the predator movies oh, a little geez. while ago and we were in the, was it alien versus predator two. Yeah. It was the thing where the, the aliens were going in and like, Killing and impregnating pregnant women at the hospital and oh, killing yeah. kids. And like, yeah. it was one of those things where this movie just like crossed some lines that you, you don't do that. You don't, you don't, yeah. yeah. Wow. I've yeah. never seen that movie and now I never will. No, yeah. you won't. <laughs> it's like a maternity ward and like all these, like this alien comes in and starts like putting eggs down their mouth and like, yeah. like, and then like they start, like obviously the baby's dead then because it's like this thing bursts out of their gut. It's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> I, I almost wanted to stop it at that point. I was like, this, they've crossed the line. Like, yeah. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas in Scream, you cross some lines, but it, it 
it, it it's effective yeah. at yeah. creating tension. Yeah. So the other thing about this movie is that unlike maybe female leads in other earlier slasher films, Nev Campbell's Sydney is a badass. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. she fights back. She doesn't. But one of Melissa's comments we were watching this is like, there's not actually a lot of screaming in this movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think the only, uh, I mean, the most prominent scream that I definitely remember is when Drew Barrymore's parents come yeah. home to find her right. strung up in a tree and her mom lets out this blood curdling scream. And then you cut to just like the scream logo and you're like, oh, yeah. this is what I'm in for. <laughs> yeah, Got yeah, it. yeah. Yeah. And that was <laughs> another thing. Like they come home, but she's still alive being hunted by the killer while the parents are like in the driveway or in the house. Yeah. I feel and like the way that they cut between that scene is so terrifying too because you're like there's still I think that's the worst it's almost like when you see your train pull up and you're like running to catch it you're like I can make it (laughs) it's like so close (laughs) except it's way worse because it's life or death instead of making a train well I'm sure there's not a lot of screams because I mean that's not the original title so it's like oh that's right yeah because the original title was scary movie yeah Yeah. all the way through filming oh yeah Yeah. wow and then uh, who was it Miramax was like like we're gonna change it yeah and and Wes Craven hated it at first he and then when he like when it got really famous he made a comment he's like I I couldn't imagine it being called anything else Scream. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Should have threw a few more screams in there, man. Just <laughs> just pepper them in. That's right. For him. So Wilhelm's just a, ah! <laughs> exactly. That'd be a good fun, uh, spoof movie to make. Wilhelm scream. <laughs> just replace every with you. Uh, yeah. So um, other people start getting killed. Um, like I said, the principal gets killed. Uh, oh, Gail Weathers. Oh, gosh. Right. So Courtney Lest Cox we forget. Yeah, plays Gail Weathers, who's a, I guess she's like one of these schlocky news reporters. She's like a Nancy Grace now, I would yeah. feel most comfortable. I never understood why this small town had like this like aggressive news team. I like, don't think that it's, I, she came in from somewhere else yeah, trying to yeah. make her name. <clears throat> right. And so she's sort of like a Geraldo, like right. just somebody who's like just trashy ass news. Yeah. And she was just trying to find like her own OJ case, I think, was like one of her right. lines, I believe. And she had already wrote, written a book about. Nev Campbell's mother, her mom, yeah, Cotton, yeah, yeah, and that, and yeah, because Nev Campbell implicates Cotton Weary, who was um, her mom's side piece, yeah, and like she right. said that she remembered, like that's the whole crux that sort of like carries through all three movies, is that Nev Campbell has to constantly question what she remembers and what she thinks and what she believes yeah. and everybody is sort of being like you're either a horrible person or she's like a hero or whatever mm-hmm. and there are people that are on two sides but I believe that Courtney Cox's Gail Weathers was also strongly believed that she had accused the wrong person and was sort of like out to get Nev Campbell's character and right. it took them you know a movie and a half to get on the same page also of course being terrorized by a serial killer will make you become fast friends I'm sure Yeah, but that's the <laughs> whole that's part of the thread that carries through all three movies is like you you implicated the wrong person they were in jail for a crime they didn't commit when really it was like these two psychos and then a psycho's mom and then the last one i mean we'll get into the third one too but i always found that to be really interesting and incredibly fucked up that they like used like a 16 or 17 year old girl as like an eyewitness to like her mom's murder like felt really fucked up and weird yeah uh but i feel like that lets you know the tone of the movie which was dark (laughs) just like off the bat yeah oh and then the dad so the dad's still around but he leaves to go on a trip at the beginning of the movie right and but then we see by the end he never got to where he was going right and the the killer's had him, you know, in the trunk of the car or whatever it was. They had him, like, tied up somewhere the yeah. entire time. But yeah. I, what I also like about that is, like, pulling in on, like, a teen trope of, like, you're always so excited when your parents go out of town. Like, you can't wait. You're going to have a party. You get to, like, live your best life. 
but what happens when like the worst possible scenario happens to you and as like a latchkey kid I think that maybe that that's really what struck me was like I'm home alone a lot (laughs) my mom is frequently unavailable on the phone and like that it is completely plausible like especially when I was growing up in Burbank like our house was like right next to an alley and for a while my mom had like a stalker and so like you could see him like parked in the alley like staring into our house a lot so like so I think that plus watching Scream like really kind of messed me up good as a child But it yeah. really, but I think maybe that was like the part of me that like over identified with like her character was like, oh, you I say stalker, he says admirer. Yes, a deep admirer who just wants to wear her skin. You're putting your bias spit on it. Yeah, just it's fucking feminism yeah. makes, me, makes me speak this way. Yeah. So then the other main characters are um, Rose Dewey, McGowan, Dewey, right? Rose McGowan and, and Dewey. Rose is what's her name? Um, oh God, uh, her. Well, I mean, unfortunately, she might as well just be called Slutty Best Friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And Dewey's her brother. Right. Which I well, always forget. I, yes. I was just going to say that. I always forget that he's the, like, because the, 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 that's her sister who was friends with them. I was like, why is this guy always hanging out with them? He's like, he's like five years older than them. He's like, he's oh, like, like that yeah. dude from, from high school that like graduated a long time ago, but you keep seeing really like, just go away. Yeah, yeah. Go to college. Then, <laughs> then when someone guys. mentions it in like the third or fourth movie or something, I'm like, oh, that's right. Like, that's his, his sister <laughs> right, was in the right. first one. Right. She's the one stuck in the stuck garage. Door. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like that's the second most iconic scene from, really from the first yeah. one after Drew Whenever Barrymore. I think of that movie, I think of that garage door scene. Getting stuck in that doggy door. Yeah, what a she, way to go. That was thing. Like, that scene was crazy to, they had to like taper in there she kept falling out of it you know and so she and she ended up with all these bruises and stuff oh yeah, yeah. she's trying to squeeze through a doggy door she's yeah. an adult woman right although she did learn that she actually fit through it <laughs> jesus i do think her death scene is also very memorable the way that she like taunts i mean she seems to like oh, not yeah. take the threat very seriously the whole but it, time but it, so that was the thing yeah she runs into the killer and they're having a party at her house all the kids are there she is in the garage with the killer, but does she actually think it's the killer? I think she thinks it's someone she, in a costume. Yeah. yeah, she thinks it's like a friend, and so right. she like sorts to shit talk him, and then right. when she starts to figure out that it's yeah. not that. Yeah. I did like that no one's really like a damsel in distress. Yeah. I think that's also another reason why I think it holds up. Yeah, definitely. I think the only thing I can't buy with these series is just the amount of murders that happen with like people just like 20 feet away <laughs> no one's like yeah. and, and all the cops and yeah it's always just like so, like if, if someone was screaming in a garage I've been to I don't know how many parties and if someone was screaming yeah. in the garage I'd be like what the hell's going on in the garage <laughs> well I think it's like another trope that goes back to like Hitchcock movies where like cops are inept and like yeah, that's yeah. just sort of like mm-hmm. a horror trope that always comes up all the time it's like you need them to be inept in order to have some of this work but also as we have seen with you know modern day serial killers like they could go ahead and just like like Golden State Killer just like murder a whole bunch and like never find him for 30 plus years even though he lives like right under your nose. Yeah. So yeah, I buy the whole cops are in a part pretty <laughs> yeah, easily. Sure. Especially they, they paint Dewey as kind of slow. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, there's definitely there's a reason why he still lives at home and it's not yeah. overt, but you get you get the subtext. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. Uh, what are, what are in the the uh, scary movie parody, it's like they call yeah, him Doofy, Doofy or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And he's way more special in this yeah. area. <laughs> well, yeah, he is. I don't, I don't know. Uh, our cat's kind of a little special. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so rounding out our, our main characters is Matt Lillard as, um, what's his name? Oh, God. Uh, a shitty Stu. boyfriend. Stu. Stu, right. And then uh, Ra- Randy? I think it was Randy, the, the, the nerd who knows everything about school. Oh, right? oh yeah, yeah, Jamie, Jamie Kennedy. Kennedy right. yeah. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. For instance, number one, you can never have sex. 
dead man. Even in popcorn. Sex equals yes. death. Okay. Number two, you can never drink or do drugs. No, the sin factor. It's a sin. It's an extension of number one. And number three, never, ever, ever, under any circumstances, say I'll be right back, cause you won't be back. I'm getting another beer. You want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. You see, you push the laws and you end up dead. Okay, I'll see you in the kitchen with a knife. And then uh, Lee Schreiber, I, can't, I always forget his cotton. Cotton weary. Yeah. Right, right. But he's barely in this movie. He is, yeah. yeah. What I think it was interesting because, like, like you were saying, Cotton Weary is the thread between the first three movies, which, and you can see his character develop through. The oh movie, yeah, which yeah. Is yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, people getting killed, and then even Billy gets killed. Oh right! Right to to throw off that the scent. scent. Yeah. Um, well, does he get killed after she loses her virginity? Which was also like one of the more fucked up things in that movie. Which is like <laughs> yeah. he like tricks her into banging him, and then he's like, "Oh no, I'm stabbed." Oh, J.K. Like actually, I murdered your mom, and like all this other terrible stuff. Right. Which like then why do you need to have sex with her? Like he's the ultimate. Because well, I'm not because, because to a reality Stu, show. Still was making them do some weird thing about having to like like follow movie rules or something. Well, yeah, Stu was also. Well, a he was explaining idiot. all the. Oh no no! So Randy was explaining all the rules. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, but, right. Stu but was, Stu was the one. Stu, Stu, Stu's motivation for this whole thing was to like prove that like you know movies rot your or like. Uh, no, that, that is the second one, but it was like there was something involved with like he just wanted to be part of the crime of the century or something. It's like yeah, I want to. They he likened them to like some of like the Menendez brothers or something. Yeah. Oh right, like he wanted to be famous in that way. But I thought that like his demented nature really came out. Where he's like, oh yeah, we both need to be stabbed. Like they had to stab each other. And that was like one of the toughest scenes yeah. to watch. Is watching yeah, yeah. them stab each other. You're like, oh my god, you guys are fucking insane. <laughs> yeah, that's what was. They, they wanted yeah. to be they wanted to be like surviving heroes. Yes, and, like yeah, yeah. And, they wanted right. to just have some. They wanted. They were they original were gonna, they Instagram were pin thoughts. It on yeah. Sid's dad or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was like they had the note. They had like the yeah. voice recorder. They had all that stuff. But I mean, Billy's motivation was that, uh, in addition to Nev Campbell's mom banging Cotton Weary, was also banging Billy's dad. dad. Yeah. So that was his motivation. And made his mom leave. Yeah. Right. And so he blamed the whole thing on her and her mom, which is just, if that's not toxic masculinity, I don't know what is. <laughs> that's not real, though, is it? No, yeah. no. It's just, it's, it only happens yeah. in movies. It's your mom's fault that my dad banged her and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and my mom left. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so speaking of that, that was another... Uh, big thing about this movie was that there was two killers yeah. acting right. as one which because a lot of other movies were like oh wait the killer was there now he's over there it, it'd be supernatural well, they, yeah they would do that thing where like, here you know, it's just two people Sydney's being attacked by the killer yeah. and then all of a sudden someone would show up like 30 seconds yeah, later yeah, like, yeah, oh yeah. I thought that was the guy and now right. it's like right. well, yeah, there there's no way he could have changed and gotten outside and gotten into her window it's like yeah that's exactly right. why Billy was like ruled out when she the one time she does get taken into police custody was that she was being like chased around and terrorized in her own house and she does that weird like double door close yeah, thing which yeah. comes back in the third movie <laughs> but um, right as she's like being terrified and she's like she had that weird like type to text like she had that computer oh, set up in her room yeah. where she like typed to nine one one which I was like yeah it sort of reminded me of a fucking Minitel which is like, <laughs> <laughs> okay good I'm glad someone gets that reference because I was like I don't know if anybody knows that um, she was like trying to get a hold of nine one one and then Billy shows up in her window so she's like oh so it couldn't be you but then when he bends over to like hug her that little voice thing comes out right but it feels like all of that was a setup as well to like. 
I don't know if that was an accident or not, but I remember he got like he yeah. got brought in, and then another murder happened. I think Stu murders Harry, Henry Winkler, and they're like, "See, it couldn't have been me, Sid. Right. I love you." Yeah. Oh, right, because he was in jail, and mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. a pretty good impression. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching Riverdale, so yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm up on my skeet old right? Yeah. Oh, seeing that. Yeah, he plays like a dad. He plays like a hot dad to oh, someone. Geez. Yeah, I'm just glad he gets work. <laughs> yeah, he is good. He's he's really good. Him and Matthew Lillard are really good in this movie, I think. Yeah. They play convincing baby psychopaths. Yeah. Matt Lillard is great. I just remember him from SLC Punk. Oh, same. Yeah. <laughs> but I had the benefit of watching those movies out of order. So I watched Scream first, and then, oh. and then I had a punk rock phase in uh-huh. high school, and I was like, I guess I'll watch this. I'm like, oh, it's the murderer from Scream. <laughs> and Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> was he in um, Empire Records as well? No, no, that's um, oh, Ethan no, Embry. Like Ethan Embry, that's it. Yeah. yeah, I do get the mixed up sometimes. Right, they're yeah. like both yeah. like goofy weirdos yeah. with yeah. like a lot of limbs, like a lot of this stuff. Like they look like <laughs> yeah. the wacky. I, I, for a long time, I, I confused Matthew Lillard and, and Jake Busey. What? Yeah, how? I don't know the, how. The teeth. They have different na- na- teeth. Yeah, na- now yeah. I now I see it. I see yeah, the difference. Yeah. But before I'd be like, which one is this? Is this is this the crazy Busey kid? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just the crazy Matthew Lillard. <laughs> right. Yeah, I thought Nev Campbell. Watching this movie again, I thought she would have made a, a really good um, Sarah Connor in the term, last Terminator movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, instead know, of, is it instead Amelia? Of Amelia Clark. Game yeah. of Thrones? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, on that note, did you see the thing where the, the whole cast from that was like relieved when it bombed? Because they oh, had really? a terrible time making oh, it. They really? did not want to make any more. <laughs> and I think they might have, some of them might have been under like contractual obligation to make sequels. Oh, yeah, they and, were yeah. going to make three of them. Yeah. yeah. So they were like, thank God this That's thing funny. bombed. Yeah. That's a shame. Although I did hear that Cameron wants to make another well, one. Well, he, he gets the rights back to it in yeah. next year or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. And yeah. they're going to like okay. ignore everything after two. <laughs> uh, that's fine by me. Yeah. I'm I'm also fully willing to ignore everything about Halloween except the first one and then go watch this new one that's yeah, coming yeah, up. Yeah. That looks really good. There were a couple of good ones. Like, yeah. H2O was pretty good. I liked H2O too. Yeah. I thought that was fun. Yeah. That was really silly. I also like Season of the Witch, but only because it has nothing to do with anything at all. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> it's the weird masks one. We did watch yeah. that one. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's we could do that series for yeah, us. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, that was, I think, anything else about the movie? No. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to, if there's any other stone to unturn. Yeah. But I think one thing that Scream does really well, though, and something that I've always wondered in horror movies are, like, how do you go on to be a person after you've survived this sort of, not only, like, a, a, a sort of an anomaly of a situation, but also, like, something that traumatic where, like, not only do you find out, like, deep, dark family secrets, but you also find out, like, your boyfriend is a sociopath right. and um, all of your friends are dead and, like, your poor dad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> just, right? Just all of that. Like, how do you go on and just, like, be a regular right. person? Uh, I, just I'm gonna sure go to college, on vacation you know. again immediately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I, like, oh, your mom's dead. I'm going to leave my 17-year-old daughter home alone, like... To go on vacation. Yeah. It was a work trip, Eric. Uh, yeah. Well, still, you cancel <laughs> He that. went to a business conference. You can't, you cancel that when your ex-wife is brutally murdered and, yeah. and your mean, daughter was, has to be. But also, was that his ex-wife? I think they I were think still I think they were still married. together. Yeah. yeah but, but, I mean. But, I mean, she was. He was like. Banging fuck, everyone fuck that up in downtown. <laughs> Save me some trouble. <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much it for Scream in terms yeah, yeah. of fond memories. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what, what do you guys rate it? I'd give it an eight. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, it's a it's a solid franchise. Mm-hmm. It sets up 
like a, a good set of sequels and it establishes its own rules and and you know things that have propagated it's it's influenced other movies so it's yeah. it's definitely is like a, a classic movie that holds up yeah. yeah, it definitely set up its own genre in a lot of ways of be making horror campy, but also forcing you to take it seriously. Um, I'm going to be a total literal one-upper and give it nine. Oh. Very nice. Yeah, I also give it an eight. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thoroughly enjoyed watching it every time I see it. And, every time. I yeah. feel like it holds up. It's like one of those few 90s movies that you're like, none of this really feels too dated. Right. Yeah, yeah. Except some of the some of the phones, but oh, the phone. I mean, the phones <laughs> are actually just well, well, past the technology stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a given. They didn't have the choice. Yeah. Dave, she's calling nine one one on a fucking hotel. We gotta <laughs> let some things go. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, IMDb gives it a seven point two. Okay. okay yeah. And uh, any guesses on Rotten Tomatoes? Audience score or critic score? Critic. Oh, uh, critic. Oh. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they didn't like it that much. Sixty seven. Okay. I yeah I think sixty eight. 79. Oh, okay, uh-huh. that's better than I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember it being pretty well received critically, you know, for, for what it is, which is a it's t- tough to teen tell. horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I know, I know it did Obviously, we talked about it at the box office, it did well. I just didn't yeah. know if, like, the critics, because, you know, like, they'll make sequels of stuff that critics are like, this is terrible. Exactly. <laughs> and so you're just watching Hotel Transylvania 3. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Scream 2 came out the next year, 1997. Yep. Um, also directed by Wes Craven. Uh, I'm going to save you some trouble. They're all directed. <laughs> I know, but it's, it, I know. It, this the, becomes a bit, actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but is the fourth one directed by Wes Craven? Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. I couldn't yeah. remember. Uh, budget was $24 million. Uh, Any ideas on the gross domestic? Uh, well, they made a third, but they made a third... How much longer? They made a third, maybe what, like five years later or something, four or five years later. It came out in 2000. Uh, 2000, yeah. So I'm going to say, oh, then three years later. So I'm going to say it didn't do that. How, what was the box office? Or what was the um, budget? 24 million. I'm going to say it was 38 million. Okay. 60? 101. Oh, my oh, God. Shit. I'm yeah. Terrible this time. Yeah, I mean, I remember the second one. I, you know, I went to see it. Well, I guess yeah, you get the you get the publicity from the first one because I'm sure the first one probably did a ton in VHS rentals, and and then because that's like everybody I know saw it through VHS. Nobody I know saw it in theaters, and then like I'm sure everyone went to go see it in theaters. Yeah, Uh, and 172 worldwide. Wow, jeez. Uh, IMDb says two years after the first series of murders, a new psychopath dons the ghost face costume and a new string of killings begins. Yeah, the mask that they use for this is interesting because I would I wonder where that came from. And there's all these stories about uh, Wes Craven or no or Kevin Williams or somebody maybe the art director like saw a mask in a, in a closet Halloween in a hallway. Yeah. yeah, and but like it wasn't quite it, but they they made a copy and made some changes to it. Yeah, so. It's, and now everybody wears that mask for all. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because they could <laughs> It's the perfect Halloween costume. They, I, yeah. I, th- I think the story was they yeah, they, the art department found it. Um just because again they were they were filming up here in Santa Rosa and they were just went to like a local Halloween store and they found a mask and they had to slightly alter it because they couldn't get the copyright for right. it. So they made like minor uh, adjustments so that it would not be an issue and yeah. and then just made a bunch of those. <laughs> Yeah. Which is which is why I I kind of remember when when the scream masks were big for Halloween. It's like you could go find that mask. It was like mass produced and it was cheap. It was like five bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was like it was slightly different. But it's it, it, you still understood what it was. Like the point came across. The point came across of yeah. what you were dressing up as, and everybody was just gonna put on like a black robe or something. Yeah, 
It usually came with like some cheap nylon thing. Yeah, it was exactly. definitely flammable. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So this one opens up with Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett Smith going to see Stab, the movie about the events of Scream. Um, and in this movie, and this this sort of meta stuff just piles on and piles oh on God, as yeah. these movies go Especially on. by the time you get to the third one, it's so fucking meta. It's yeah, kind yeah. of crazy and yeah. so self-referential that it really is a movie where if you haven't seen the other two, it might not be as enjoyable or it definitely won't make as much sense. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so in in Stab, Heather Graham plays the Drew Barrymore role. Uh, and, and it's funny because they can just keep getting more famous people to do these. Yeah. And they have a parts. movie within a fucking movie. Right. Yeah. And right. So so the two characters are watching this at the theater and they're having their little couple drama between them. I hate scary movies. I should be studying. You know I got a bio. Baby, did I mention that these tickets are free? Free. Sandra Bullock is playing right down the street. Nobody want to pay seven fifty to see some Sandra Bullock shit. That she naked. Oh, but you will sit through a movie called Stab. It's adrenaline marine. Mm-hmm. It's good to be scared. It's primal. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm gonna tell you what it is. Okay. What? It's a dumbass white movie about some dumbass white girls <laughs> getting their white asses cut the fuck up. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I suppose Sandra Bullock is Miss Ethnicity, right? Well, no. All I'm saying is that the horror genre is historical yeah, for excluding the African American element. Well, how you get your PhD in black cinema, Sister Soldier? Listen, I read my Entertainment Weekly. Okay, I know my shit. Yeah, Maureen. I read my Black Beat too. Homie. Tonight we're gonna have an all-black movie, all-black cast, all-black wardrobe, black eyes, uh, everything, black IPs, the black cats. Give Everyone at the theater is dressed like the stab, the stab killer. And he goes is it opening his- night or is it the premiere? I don't remember now. I think it might be just opening night, and so uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's the premiere. I think yeah. the actors were there. Yeah, it, it, it was just yeah, it was just at like a th- opening night at a theater. Yeah, right. And uh, everyone's going crazy, and I think doesn't he 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 fakes her out with a mask at one point. He, Everybody's handed a mask. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. Everybody right, has right. a mask, and he like he tries to put it on, and she tells him to take it off, yeah. and then I can't remember. Oh, he goes into the bathroom. And yeah, gets stabbed I through he, the head. Yeah, in the ear. In well, the ear, I, yeah. well, that was through the wall. I had to ask my parents what a, what that hole was in the bathroom, <laughs> and my mom had to explain what a glory hole was, and it was very uncomfortable for everybody involved. Oh, so I was like, no. oh, why is he like? Why would you put your face there? Why would there be a hole in your stall? Like, wouldn't that just be would be invading somebody's privacy? And my mom's like, well. That that <laughs> uh, sit down We're and then he gets, yeah and then he gets stabbed in the fucking ear but I, I feel like she sent him away to get like popcorn or right. something like there was right, another yeah. reason and he went into the bathroom and mur- got murdered right and then suddenly so the killer comes out into this pretty much chaos going on because everyone's just enjoying the movie like a Rocky Horror Picture Show or something yeah and then he stabs her right just right in the middle of everybody and nobody even cares yeah this goes back well to she crawls saying, up yeah. to the screen and right. like freaks out and screams they thought it was like an art show or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. some sort of hired publicity stunt yeah like, nobody knows what's real anymore but even, even then, back then yeah. nobody could tell <laughs> yeah uh yeah, so then, so that's that's a cold open. Then we cut to. Um, Although didn't didn't that happen similarly with the uh, the Dark Knight movie, where when the, the oh, some the, the guy, guy shot the, 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 yeah. pe- people were thought thought that it was like a hired like because it was opening night really? and they they he oh, came dressed right. as the Joker and with like a bunch I didn't of know guns he was dressed as the Joker oh, yeah and geez. and people were like they thought like oh like the, they they're doing a publicity stunt. So that's why they like nobody really reacted as fast as they like okay. normally would have right. 
Yeah, I mean, ever since, ever since I've seen this cold open, it is. I didn't know that it could be a fear. I'm like, now I definitely fear this. Yeah. I don't like <laughs> costumes in movies. Like, it completely yeah. freaks me out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No well, idea. that's why we go to like Disney World, Disneyland, or whatever. They like no masks are allowed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we cut to uh, a college campus where Sid's going to college, and Gail shows up because she's heard of this murder, and you know, the gang gets back together. <laughs> how, how many times has Woodsbury said in this series? Yeah, right. Woods is it Woodsboro? Woodsboro, Woodsboro or something? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. 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 Woodbury Wood, is, like, is a college. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, how many times is that said in this movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Woodboro, yeah, Woodsboro, whatever. It's like, I feel like and, and they're we constantly really, referencing it. Well, yeah. I mean, that's where all, this, it's like the patient zero town of yeah. where all this bullshit starts happening. But they don't tell us what college Sydney's at, right? I mean, she, she I seems to be it. sort of far from home, but not yeah. that far. And she's obviously still easy to find, which is something that gets oh, like resolved a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the third one, which I thought was interesting because I did feel like, yeah, she's like, she is paranoid enough, like, sort of in the same way of, like, I know what you did last summer, and I still know what you did last summer, where Jennifer Love Hewitt goes off to college, and she's still sort of paranoid and, like, traumatized, but I feel like a regular person would be way more fucked up after that yeah. kind of stuff would happen to you. You might have just been like, okay, they're dead. Like, Yeah, they're dead, it's, it's over. Not, it's not like they're, like, in prison, or they got away or something. It's like, okay, this this point in my life this issue is resolved i'm moving on yeah i guess like the idea of a copycat wouldn't really dawn on you but i always just thought that she was so like lax about like i'm just gonna go to college and like keep my real name and all this oh, right. shit it's like that seems <laughs> that, that, it's like this, this is 1996 tracking somebody down in that era is a lot harder to do than it is now like yeah. i mean but the dmv was i mean if they up into a certain point were like if you walked in there and gave someone your driver's license or sorry license plate number they would like tell you a bunch of fucking personal information about them <laughs> i'm not really too worried about whether or not she could get tracked down uh, by a murderer who's very determined yeah, now, to murder now you're just pulling things from the plot of gone in 60 seconds. No, I'm not. I'm pulling... <laughs> for, for $5, the license plate, he'll get the address of her. But... No, I'm pulling... <laughs> it might be a real like a, thing. It is a like... real thing. Okay. It's like a real true crime thing that happened in Hollywood. This dude became uh, obsessed with, like, this actress, somehow found her driver's license, or her license, license plate, plate number, number, went to the DMV, said that they got into an accident when they didn't show up to her apartment and murdered her. Oh, well, now at TMZ, you know every celebrity's license. Oh, I guess they blur it out, but it's like... Or do they? I don't, I don't know. know. But it's like... I don't know. I don't know, but you definitely know where everybody lives yeah. at this point. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that she was a little lax. I mean, I thought that maybe she'd be a little bit more paranoid, which I feel like they definitely course corrected that in the third one where it's like, uh, where it's happened to her twice now. So maybe she takes the threat a little bit more seriously. And right. maybe, you know, having your ex-boyfriend's mom be the murderer, I mean, they sort of like opens up that anybody could come after you. Well, for you any just sort ruined of... the end there, Mark. <laughs> well, I mean, I presume that if you're listening to this, you've seen them. Yeah, I would hope. I'm not giving spoilers for like a 20-year-old movie. <laughs> Right. I mean, we haven't even discussed the the movie yet. You already going to no. So yeah, so I guess. Oh, um, did we know that Cotton got out of jail after the first movie, right? Yeah, because yeah. they realized that he didn't kill. Her I mom. think it, is it at the end of the first one or the beginning of this one? Maybe the beginning of the second one. Yeah, yeah, I think it's the beginning of the second one, and then. It's like Jamie Kennedy comes to college with her. He's like following yeah, her because he's like, always had a crush on her. Oh, yeah. He just oh, yeah. follows her around. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah. So he's there, but the, but if she's dating um, Jerry O'Connell, Jerry O'Connell, and she's got a new. She you got mean, a. You mean the, the fat kid from Stand the By Me? The fat kid from Stand By Me. <laughs> he got hot, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and McDreamy's in the third one. Uh. Um, oh yeah. Oh my god. The third one is star studded. There are so many who's in there. It's yeah. great. Oh, you know who? You know who popped up in the second one that I was surprised to see was uh, Portia de Rossi. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, right. Which is yeah, the sorority her, girls. Yes, and yes. Rebecca Gayhart are the sorority girls. Right. Yeah. yeah. I was like, I was like, oh my God. Like, that's crazy. Is this pre or post jawbreaker for Rebecca Gayhart? I'm I think guessing, it's pre. I think, let me look it up. I thought, I think I thought jawbreaker, jawbreaker was, like, was earlier. Really? Yeah, I jawbreaker I thought, was like 99? No, I thought it was earlier than that. Really? I mean, I feel oh, like no, it was. Right. It is ninety nine. Oh, okay, then so yeah. Yeah, because it also wasn't with Rose quite. McGowan. Yeah, it was. Oh, weird. It wasn't quite peak Marilyn Manson. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just like I remember that gross ass sex scene. Um, but yeah, maybe that was what landed her in Jawbreaker. But it was yeah. interesting to see or to, to recognize certain people from the second one that you're like, oh wow, yeah, this is what you did in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, pre gay Portia de Rossi, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> And also, like, pre, like, confusing accent. I feel like, in at least in the season four of Arrested Development, I was like, what accent are you doing right now? I know you're Australian, but I feel confused about is how you sound. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. Australian. Oh, interesting. And then I've seen her. This is the funny thing. I've seen her do a press. I, I, when I found out she was Australian, I looked up online. I was like, I got to find her doing an Australian accent. Like, it's just going to blow my mind. And so I went and looked, and you can't find anything. Huh. She apparently lost it really quick and oh. like, made a point of never speaking. And again, I saw her do an interview for an Australian TV show, or, and like, and she just spoke in an American accent. And I was like, huh. what is going on? And they never even addressed it. And everyone was like, oh, I see you lost your accent at night. <laughs> <laughs> That's weird. Um, I did know it. So, um, you know, uh, Hugh Laurie, right, he he developed an American accent for House. And, yeah, yeah. And then I worked a couple of days on Chance. His He did a Hulu <laughs> TV show. Oh. Yeah. Like, I don't know what that is. Yeah, yeah. So he did a series for Hulu called Chance. Uh. And they, they, it was here in San Francisco. And I oh. got a couple of days as a grip on it. And I was this close to Hugh Laurie, you know, a couple of times. And he was talking to somebody else. And even between takes, he's American accent. Yeah. Like I mean, I can, see, I can see it being hard to like, switch yeah, back yeah, and forth. Right. Yeah, it's also weird when you hear Tony Collette speak not with an American accent. You're like, oh, yeah, that's not what you sound like. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah. But yeah, Portia and Rebecca Gayhart and Jerry O'Connell. And I feel like they were like a trifecta of people that were popping up in like 90s teen movies for a while. Yeah. Not, I don't really know why, but yeah. <laughs> that was their thing. Right. And this, the movie the movie was doing fine. I, well, again, I don't like the whole thing in the beginning with the the murder happening in front of people. It's just not my shtick. In the movie theater? Yeah. And then Why? which I just I just I just don't buy it. It's like someone's being like brutally stabbed and like right. screaming and people are like, ah first off, that's the most ridiculous theater I've ever seen. I've been <laughs> I've been I don't know how many opening nights of, of movies and I've never seen people like sitting on the top of seats, like throwing popcorn yeah. and like I mean, screaming at the movie. It's I like, was in went to opening night for the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. And people were all decked out in all sorts of costumes, yeah. but it was not like that. Yeah, they yeah. just sit down and they yeah. shut their mouths. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. they want to watch Cheer and applause, but... Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I sat next to a man during uh, Force Awakens who, anytime they made any reference to the old movies, would clap... The whole, and like and like really close to his oh, face, no. so like only I could fucking hear it. And I was so like, Jesus it was, Christ! It was, a, it was a genuine clap. It wasn't a, like a golf clap. No, yeah. it was like a clap of like enthusiasm. Like I felt like I could see his inner child. And uh-huh. I was just like, all right, dude, it's okay. Like, I get it. You love it. We love it. Everyone's happy. But yeah, I've been to. I think your uh, reference to it looking a lot like a Rocky Horror Picture Show midnight screening is probably the closest yeah, that that yeah. looks or like. Or the room, even, the room, or something. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. throwing except, spoons. I was saying, yeah. Except for knives and spoons, <laughs> yeah. it's way safer. Yeah, yeah, uh, but. Yeah, gone to Harry Potter, Star Wars, and Lord of the Rings opening nights, and none of it was as bonkers as this movie theater. <laughs> yeah. And definitely, if you had stabbed at any of those premieres, someone would notice a lot faster than yeah. having I, to get up on the screen and like the, rip it down. Yeah, yeah. I think between okay, the, the only the only weak parts for this year are that 
that opening, and then like Jerry O'Connell dancing and singing through the the. Uh, oh, I know you. I, I know you were gonna. I, I had to shut you off from that one before. <laughs> Thanks for ruining the moment that I actually like. <laughs> this morning, I woke up with this feeling I didn't know how to deal with. And so I just decided to myself, I'd hide it to myself. What is he doing? Uh, Tom Cruise, Top Gun, 1986. Derek, don't. 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 I think I love you. Don't do this. I think I love you. (laughs) Isn't that what life is made of? No, it worries me to say, I've never felt this way. Hey, I think I love you. She loves corny rom-com shit. <laughs> but she loves all, Jerry O'Connell you know, singing the, the only reason is because he's not a good singer. No, like, he's not. He's terrible. But I think that's why it was charming. Yeah, it's not charming. It's no, it's no Heath Ledger from 10 Things I Hate oh, About Oh, definitely you. not. I mean, oh, see, there you go. That's, saw that's that, a good one. Yeah. yeah, it was replaced, but still. Uh, but also, Jerry O'Connell is a frat bro. I don't know. Something about that I didn't quite buy either. Yeah. And oh, he's like yeah, a frat yeah. bro that's also into theater, which I was like, why is <laughs> Yeah, that, the, the, the theater track. stuff was weird, man. Right? What's this budget? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Again, another thing, like the the the, the Ghostface killer stalking her. In the middle of these rehearsals, right. you think someone on the stage would be like, who the fuck is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> like, and there's even a shot, too. After after they call cut and everyone's sort of like, what's going on? Why is she freaking out? You can see the guy run off. Like, <laughs> Well, not everyone can yeah. be as observant as you, Eric. You think that everyone's standing there. There's just this dude running off. Everybody like, has robes on. It's confusing. They're doing, I don't know what Greek tragedy in this one. Uh, well, what is it? It's, um, what's her name? Uh, Cassandra. Okay. Right. Yeah. From uh, Troy. Yeah. So yeah. she's supposed. I mean, so Neff Campbell's supposed to be losing her mind. Yeah. In right. both senses. She, 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 she can tell that nobody believes what yeah, she's she can see the no future, but no one believes right. her. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe everybody has like really poor vision. We don't know. No. We don't know their lives. No. <laughs> There's and a then they have all this, like, the, yeah, the, with the big ass like levers oh, that like will right. kill somebody if anyone ever touches them. <laughs> well, so they have like the lightning, the fake lightning, which is just like. Steel that someone shatters uh-huh. or rattles. It's the weirdest theater, you know college theater production company I've ever seen. On each of these movies, from what I was kind of reading, like someone almost dies on set, like for every single movie. Oh, really? Yeah. In this one, I can't remember what the first one was, but in, in this one, the the guy that was running the fog machine or like the the smoke fog machine under the stage, you had to have a mask on because there was so much uh, carbon mon- or carbon dioxide buildup or something, and the mask fell off and he couldn't find it. <gasps> Oh no! It was too oh, dark no. down there, and he was like screaming. And then they finally 
finally were able to like pull him out before he passed out and oh, died. But it's yeah. <laughs> and then in like the third one, somebody I, fell or something. I think the first one was Rose McGowan in the garage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah fucked up yeah. from that. Yeah. I mean, also all the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, like someone almost died oh, every yeah. single yeah. fucking time. And then in the very first one, because they had no money, they shot in like a condemned warehouse that gave some people asbestos. Like it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was there? There was some uh, movie that uh, Natasha Lyonne was in, and it shot in like eastern europe or oh, something yeah. and she went they, they made her go swimming for this like river or something and she and got she like has, hepatitis right? she was oh. sick for years yeah, yeah. Oh, and no. everyone's like that's that's when all of those like natasha leone's dead rumors came out she's like no i just have an autoimmune disease now because <laughs> because of some fucking stupid movie that none of you saw yeah, right right <laughs> she's fine she's on orange and new black she's okay yeah, yeah. Uh, right. So while they're on campus, Gail's cell phone gets a call from the killer. And there's a scene where they're like running around finding everybody who's on their cell phone. Yeah. to see. Gail's not here. I'm not interrupting anything, am I? You three look deep in thought. Have you ever felt a knife cut through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? <laughs> it's him. <laughs> Who? The killer. He can see us. Just keep him on the phone. What do you want me to say? I, I don't know. Just keep him talking. Come on, Gail. Uh, what are we doing? Hi. Look for somebody so, uh, with a cell phone. What's your favorite scary movie? You'll never find me. I love those scenes. Yeah. I think they, they think those work the best to build tension, and that's kind of where they really excel, is like mm-hmm. where they are all looking for him and he's like hiding in plain sight and i say him even though this killer is not a dude but they are hiding in plain sight and they can't seem to pull it together and it's always the person you least expect that gets pulled in and stabbed and murdered and that right. time it was yeah. jamie kennedy i, That's ex- I didn't expect that yeah. yeah me neither no yeah you expect the the third friend to stay yeah. right because he's the one that yeah. knows all the rules right. and i did think that the way that they brought him back in the third scream was a smart and yeah. um in like a believable in character way that ex- he would except for that. how the tape was delivered we'll get to that uh, one Oh, God. I was like, I like, oh, my brother wanted me to have this come, tape, and he died like three years ago. completely <laughs> forgot Heather Maserato was in this movie. Yeah. I was like, why are you here? Oh, you're his yeah. sister. Yeah. But uh, now in Valley of the Dolls. I, 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 yeah. think, I think in the second one, the, my favorite scene, I don't know why, just because of the realism of it, it just seemed very natural, was the uh, ice cream shop with, uh, with Jamie Kennedy and Arquette, where they're like... They go have ice cream together. Yeah, I turned. Totally yeah, and, and like uh, he's like J- Jamie Kennedy's like, "What are you doing here?" Like, oh, I came to like they're just kind of catching up and stuff. And I was like, "Oh, this seems kind of real." Like, oh, I think that's the scene where he Jamie Kennedy confesses that he's like obsessed with Neptune. Oh yeah, of course, right. yeah. Right. But then like, but then like Jamie Kennedy starts accusing Arquette, like or Dewey of like, like why are you here? Like right. people are dying, and all of a sudden you show up, and it's just like, and it's like, well, they're like you're obsessed with her, and then they just have like this back and forth where they're trying to like accuse one another and then they just rule each other out i don't know it's just kind of funny and like <laughs> i thought that it was like it it seemed like the most natural of dialogue the other ones were very like forced and and like i don't know you thought the chemistry between jerry o'connell and nev campbell was forced <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think their love would last forever it's, it's like that uh that family guy skit where they're making fun of uh what is it i think it's um what's his name um saturday night fever John Travolta, Travolta yeah. at John Travolta's wedding. And he's like, I will love her, I will hold her, and I will touch her penis. <laughs> 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 it's like, no, 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 not the, not the last one. <laughs> 
Right. Oh, and so the other big person in this is Timothy Oliphant. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Dude, okay. I remember when I watched this movie, I, the moment I saw him on screen, I was like, he's a killer. <laughs> <laughs> he just, everything yeah. he's in. He has in, that face. He, everything he's yep. in. Because because then I thought back to, I was like, okay, well, Stu is a crazy motherfucker. And, yeah. and Tim, no, like Matthew Lillard has the same crazy ass eyes. And like, yeah. I was like, and they made him the killer. This dude's the killer. I didn't see the, the mom, the news reporter that I did. Right. But I was like, Laurie Metcalf. Oscar nominee, Laurie uh, Metcalf. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I, I was. I went on a limb and was like, they're probably going to do the same thing and have two killers. But yeah. I was like, I know this dude's one of them. He's got, he's, yeah. he's got like, to be. He's not in enough scenes. It's like, and he's also like weirdly obsessed with movies. And, and I was like. Also, oh, his is. face looks like he's capable <laughs> of murder. Looks like it's capable. Right. So he does like two things. So in this and Go, he's the psycho killer. Yeah. And then like. <laughs> God, in, Go. He's not, justified he's not a and killer in Go. He's. No, but he's he's, he's a, psycho, a drug dealer, psycho drug dealer. Yeah, uh, and then in, capable of murder. Yeah, <laughs> ca- capable of creepily staring at <laughs> Answer the question, Claire. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, in, in Deadwood and Justified, he's like straight up cop. You know, yeah, do yeah. the right thing, guy. Well, I think I saw him in this, and then got into Sex in the City, and when Carrie goes on a date with him, like, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> He will murder you. <laughs> and then he'll just go straight back to Deadwood. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. So uh, you, you mentioned that Jerry Connell was in, in the play. The, he's in a fret and they, they kidnap him and tie him to this. Yeah, it was so That weird. was such a weird scene. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it ended up just being like a party, I was like, this is the dumbest. Like, college is for idiots. Like, right. What are all of you doing? Did you know that uh, Matthew Lillard is in the background of a few of those party scenes? No. With, like, I, I read that. Blonde hair. Yeah. Oh, my God. No, I didn't notice that. Now i got to go back he, he was watch. dating uh, Nev Campbell at the time. Oh, what? was he? Yeah. And so the, the, he was just hanging around on set. Uh, and they were like, "Oh, you want to be in the party?" And they just made him made him so he looked a little bit different. Nice. So, <laughs> what spe- a strange couple. <laughs> Speaking of couples, of course, Arquette and Courtney Cox got together after the yeah. first movie. Yep. And their characters fell in love at the end of the first movie, right? Uh, no, no, because no, no. they fell yeah. in love by the end of the, oh, the second, the second, second movie. movie. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he still he still kind of thinks that she's a blood sucking. Like leech. Yeah. Yeah. By the end of the first one, they have like mutual respect or whatever. They've gone from like enemies. Yeah. Yeah. So they get together at the end of this movie, and then in the third one, they're not together anymore. Yeah. They broke up for we don't really quite know, but it seems to be like Uh, career career, and like maybe like his suspicions that maybe she is like a bloodthirsty whatever (laughs) um, are maybe confirmed with how she reacts about the the way that she handled the second spate of murders. Uh Um, Because then she comes back in, in the third one and talks about how she's got like a book and a show and all this other shit and so. So maybe that was a impetus for the breakup. I don't think Arquette's a bad actor. I just think that his face always looks like he's trying to read from cue cards. <laughs> like that are really far away. He's like, <laughs> I don't know. And he's like staring off. In the I distance. feel like Dewey's the perfect role for him because it's. Yeah, I feel like yeah. it's exactly his speed. It, yeah, he, he's one of those actors like like Keanu Reeves where it's like sometimes. You've got this so, range. It's yeah, this big. So, sometimes the role clicks like John Wick or like Bill and Ted. Right. And then like other than that, it's like, no, you're not a doctor. Keanu Reeves. What is that Winona Ryder movie where they're like in love? Like, like sweet separated no- by time yeah, or like something. Yeah, Sweet November. Like this is not your lane. Don't go into the lake house. It's not for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just be John Wick. Just be John Wick. But yeah, Dewey comes. I don't. I think Dewey consistently is never my favorite part. Yeah. For whatever reason. Yeah, it has yeah. nothing to do with our cat. It's just more like, all right, whatever. You like 
you end up hindering things more well, than he's, helping. He's shoehorned into the third one because he becomes he becomes like a private investigator or something. Well, Parker Posey hires him to be like his her bodyguard yeah, so right. that she he she can learn more about Gail. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that's how that whole. And then Pat, Patrick Warburton is also like her bodyguard. That's hilarious and weird. But yeah, him in the second one, I feel are more shoehorned than yeah. the third. At least the third, he has like, sort of a more natural reason to be there. The second one, you're like, all right, you're fucking here yeah. to not do much except let Jimmy Kennedy get murdered in a goddamn van. Right. And that poor camera dude, Gail has lost two cameramen <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Makes you not want to be a cam op person. And speaking of uh, Deadwood, the first one was was also in Deadwood uh, playing Dan Doherty. Oh, really? Yeah. I have not revisited. I need to take a good hard look. <laughs> he also doesn't have a ton of lines other than when he yeah, gets no, murdered. It's true, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So right. So it turns out we get to the end, and uh, Timothy Oliphant and the and the mother because it's we haven't even talked about that. That yeah, like there's this other local or like new like newspaper reporter or something. Yes, and she's following around Gail trying to get the scoop. And, right, and then that ends up being the surprise of being Billy's or uh, what's is it Billy's mom? It was Billy's, Billy's mom. mom. Yeah. yeah. The killer from right, the but she had movie, changed her look and changed her name, and so yeah. So then Neff Campbell couldn't recognize her, and then yeah. I don't think that Gail even knew what she could have possibly. Well, looked Ga- like. Gail was like, "I've seen pictures of you," and then Neff Campbell's like, "Yeah, that's what twenty pounds of like liposuction right. and a facelift will do." Like, yeah, yeah. The final showdown in the theater. I don't know. I don't think it was as strong as the first one. I think maybe out of all, I think the fourth one is still probably the worst, but I think out of the three, if we're just going to judge them on like a trilogy is like the second one is definitely the weakest. Mm-hmm. I think I, I appreciated, I appreciated uh Laurie Metcalf shooting. <laughs> To the old yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> I was like, because he was just psychotic, man. He was yeah. he was on the other end of the spectrum. It's like Stu and Billy wanted to be survivors of it. He wanted to be the killer that was like, like I'm gonna have such a great story on the stand for the trial, and like I'm gonna tell them all about how TV and movies have just warped everyone's mind. This was just the kind of boy you'd like to take home to mom if you had a mom. Fuck you! Oh, so vulgar. Did Billy let you talk to him this way? Billy was a sick fuck just like you. No. Billy was a sick fuck who tried to get away with it. Mickey is a sick fuck who wants to get caught. Yeah. See, I've got my whole defense planned out. I'm gonna blame the movies. It's pretty cool, huh? It hasn't been done before. You see, this is just the beginning. A prelude to the trial. That's where the real fun is, because these days it's all about the trial. Can't you see it? The effects of cinema violence on society. I'll get Dershowitz or Cochran to represent me. Bob Dole on the witness stand in my defense. Hell, the Christian coalition will pay my legal fees. It's airtight, Sid. I'm an innocent victim. You're a psychotic. Yeah, well, shh. That'll be our little secret. Because people love a good trial. It's like theater. They're dying for it. And I've worked hard to give the audience what they want. See, that's what Billy was good at. He knew. It's all about execution. Yeah. Well, you're forgetting one thing about Billy Loomis. What's that? I fucking killed him. And she was like, yeah, I don't plan on getting caught. And she just like shoots him. He was a good telegraph of Stu. Yeah. In a lot of ways. 
And wh- what was his motive again in this one? He 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 wanted to be like wants to be a, part of it. He wanted oh. to be a known killer, like oh, like right. he wanted to be the most infamous killer of all. Yeah, time. didn't he like he like his long monologue at the end like talks about how he wants to be like Ted Bundy or like yeah. he like name checks like a bunch of serial killers and he's like I want to be like those dudes. And, right. Yeah, like that whole speech about how he wants to get on the stand and he's been thinking about it and this is I think he has a line something the effect of like I was like made for this or like well, this he, is my he, he's basically calling. saying he, he's saying that he's gonna get he's gonna have like. Uh, Johnny Cochran or one of those get him off the trial because they they're just gonna prove that like he's not at fault like movies have ruined oh, him right that's like, right yeah yeah because he had that whole weird thing where he was like following him around with a camera like oh I'm gonna film you guys yeah but he's like never really filming anything <laughs> no. yeah. which should have been a dead giveaway because there was like all this like footage of like that was like popping up. Of like people before they're killed and like like just doing stuff and you're like that dude's walking around with a camera everywhere. It's like <laughs> well, they kept thinking that like the footage of the stalkery looking footage yeah. was coming from Gail's cameraman yeah, for yeah, yeah. for a point. Mm, yeah. like, what was it in? Was, well, they, they were just was like it before Jamie Kennedy gets killed, he like sees. Well, that it was like because a split it was feed. because Jamie Kennedy got killed. They were like, oh, like you know, we were we were filming all throughout the park. There's a chance we could see whoever was watching us, mm-hmm. and so they go and watch it, and they they see they see some of the. T- and all of a sudden like new footage pops up that's like they've never seen before and it wasn't filmed by them and then all of a sudden a live video feed of them but I also think this is the final showdown is sort of what bonds Gail and Sid together because they are also still at like opposite spectrums like right. in the first one um there's like that scene where Sydney punches Gail in the face in the alleyway when she like asks her for a mm. quote about being terrorized by a serial killer and she does not take kindly to that. And so they've sort of been at odds, even though they've survived this traumatic situation together. But by the second one, I feel like Gail comes to Sydney's rescue. Cause like, she's the one that sort of pieces it together first and is probably, I think she's like the first person on the scene that like helps be like a blocker essentially yeah. and after that they become better friends so i feel like the third movie works better but the thing i appreciate this movie series is people always give it shit about like oh the the killer is so inconsistent they either just like kill someone immediately and they're good at it or they're just like tripping over shit or like falling <laughs> i'm like have you ever worn those masks like you can't see shit man like if you're trying to chase someone around something like that you're gonna fall over so many things and like all someone has to do is throw something at you it's like <laughs> Well, beyond that, they're also not... I mean, all they have are just sheer will of wanting to kill you. It's not like they're, like, trained mercenaries. Like, Billy and Stu did not look like athletic people. That's true, yeah, Timothy Oliphant, maybe, but, like, definitely not. (laughs) Laurie Metcalf can't fucking chase you. She's not running after your ass. He he was born to be a killer. (laughs) (laughs) Natural instincts. Yeah. Uh, oh, so uh, I totally forgot that Sarah Michelle Gellar was in this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, Was yeah. she one of the sisters? She's one of the sorority sisters. Oh, yeah. right, because she gets, like, super murdered, too. She, yeah, she's, she's the one that stays yeah. at home, the sober sister. Right. That, like, yeah. yeah, and then she gets on the phone, and she tries to call campus security, and then she gets thrown out the window right. Yeah. after right, yeah. she gets stabbed. Yeah. Is that what kicks off the spate of, like, on-campus murders? Uh, no, it's that that happens, like... I think that happens after Jamie Kennedy. It happens like 30 or 40 minutes into the movie. It's not, it's not like early on, I think. Cause the cold, the, the cold opening is the, the, yeah, cold opening the, the theater, movie theater. And then because the, 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 okay. Remember the party 
where the what's his name gets kidnapped is happening at the same time where where jerry o'connell's uh, oh it's uh, the same time it's the same time uh, she's, okay. she's staying okay. home from yeah, that party yeah, yeah. and then everyone everyone at that party is like oh my god there's a bunch of cops and like an ambulance at uh well then that happens before jamie kennedy gets killed then oh uh, does it okay mm-hmm. all right well sorry uh no but i think that that's the murder that gets sid to take the whole thing seriously because i think that Oh, I, you're I know right, that you're at right. the beginning, yeah, like yeah. when Gail comes to her and is like, "Oh, we're gonna, we have like a whole, there's a new killer kind of thing." She's like, "That's not me, and that's not my problem, and yeah, I don't care." That's right. But it's not until like it actually comes to basically like her front door that she becomes more involved, and and then that's when Jamie Kennedy's like book of conspiracies and like horror movie tropes comes out, and then they try to use that to outsmart the killer, and that's when we start learning that he knows all the rules. I mean, we knew that in the first one, but he's like, in sequels, like you need to amp up. Like he just lays everything right, out yeah. and like in fun. <laughs> exposition really the stab movies the movie within a mm-hmm. movie wasn't that the the first or the in this second one's the first time you see it wasn't that directed by some famous director? yes it was um was it robert rodriguez yeah what so. yeah that yeah. dude loves to do a movie within a movie <laughs> <laughs> yeah. trailers within trailers yeah loves it i had no idea so maybe anything else to add to um, Other let's than see. I love the reveal of Laurie Metcalf being the murderer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I, I it's funny, I, like I I when I rewatched this, I was like, oh yeah, like that's And what was she from? Roseanne, Roseanne and, and, and oh, Jackie. That's right. Okay, that's why I And more contemporary uh Ladybird. And also um oh god, is it getting on? It was like that great uh geriatric ward show on HBO with Nisi Nash. She's fantastic in it. She plays like a completely frazzled doctor uh-huh. who has, has a very serious <laughs> study about poop. It's I love that show. Okay. I'm so sad it's canceled. Yeah. So I've never seen any of those. So this is the only <laughs> thing I've ever seen Laurie Metcalf. <laughs> well, you're missing out. You're yeah. missing out on some great Aunt Jackie Navajo jackets from the first version of Roseanne because uh-huh. I do not acknowledge the current <laughs> form. Yeah. Neither does uh, NBC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so just a couple of trivia things here. The uh, they had a different. They had to change the ending. They yeah. changed who the murders were because it leaked. Oh. Uh, the original one was Sid's roommate, the African American girl, was one of the killers. What? Yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad they changed that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, <laughs> this was being shot at the same time as Party of Five. So okay. she would shoot, Nev Campbell would shoot Party of Five on Mondays and Tuesdays during the day, spend Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday on Scream 2, most of which, most of which were night shoots. And Sunday, she would work all night till 6 a.m., go home for 15 minutes to shower off all the fake blood, and go immediately to the Party of Five set. Jeez. <laughs> no wonder she's like, I'm good on work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm still tired <laughs> from that shoot schedule. Yeah, seriously. Well, she is going to be The Rock's wife in that upcoming movie where he saves the world again. She was uh, she was in uh, House of Cards. Oh. Yes. Oh, she yeah. was good in House yeah. of Cards, yeah. Yeah. Well, she's in some big, dumb action blockbuster that comes out this summer. And every, yeah, no, It's something <laughs> like that. And it's not, it's not Rampage, that monkey movie. Yeah. It's, oh God, I forget. But it's some other, like, natural disaster. And she's stuck in a hotel with... Oh, yeah. It's like a high rise. It's yeah. on fire. It's like, yeah. It's so weird. But I, but every time I see it's the trailer... It's not the Towering like, Inferno, is it? No. no. But it might be based on that, but yeah. it's like, yeah. But every time I see the trailer, I'm like, you're married to The Rock. I, of course, believe that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes complete sense. You two sure. seem like you have tons in common. Exactly. <laughs> okay. What uh, what do we rate this? I uh, Yeah, I kind of do. F- I do feel like this is 
Well, it's not as bad as four. Uh, go, go to Margot first. Let, okay. me, let me formulate on this one. I think I'll give it a seven. Yeah. There are lots of things about it that I do like, and I think that it doesn't try to... I'm glad that they ended up having a different ending because I think that the ending that they do have is kind of what makes the movie good mm-hmm. and that all of the things that maybe are not as good as the first one that are in here can sort of, it, I, to me, gets like washed away by having like kind of a, a truly surprise ending. Um, but it's not the strongest, like especially coming off of screen one, it was, it was never going to be as good, but I thought that it was the best it could possibly be for a sequel happening, you know, almost a year after the first one came out. Yeah, good. I'm gonna go six. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna one down you. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> well, it's, it's, are we it's, in a feud? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, now we are. It's uh, it's not a good sequel. It's an okay movie. It's that's a very good way to put it. Yeah, our feud is really? over. I would say, it's a, I would say it's a pretty good sequel. You know? Yeah, I just don't think it it it. It, it's where the beginning of the meta stuff begins. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not oh. a huge fan of that. I mean, they um, were meta from the beginning. That's they, they, true. What well, the reference but, is, but, but not like as overt as like yeah. having a movie within a movie type of shit. Yeah, yeah. I, it feels very much like Saved by the Bell, the college years, where you're like, "This is giving me what I want, but is it good?" And like, I'm not objective <laughs> enough to tell uh, whether or sure. not it's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give it a seven. I it definitely is not as good as the first one, but you know, I, I didn't think it dropped down that much. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Uh, IMDb gives it a 6.1. Okay. What do you think Rotten Tomatoes gave it? Uh, 42. 60. 81. What? Better than the first one. That's... So weird. I don't understand critics, and I fucking hate Rotten Tomatoes. I never get it right. Whenever I try to play the Rotten Tomatoes game, (laughs) I'm always way off. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Who knows what that stuff that means. Okay, Scream 3 came out in 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, was directed by Wes Craven. <laughs> what? Who also did The Hills Have Eyes Part 2. Oh, I probably should just say this on uh, the fourth one, but it, this is the only uh, horror franchise uh, directed by the same person for yep. every single movie. Huh. Um, the Hills Have Eyes 2, that's not the remake, is it? I don't know. I wonder who directed the remake. Although oh, that's for a different podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> who directed that remake? Because the remake of The Hells Have Eyes is disgusting. It's like oh, one really? of the most traumatic <laughs> movies I've ever seen. Okay, it had a budget of $40 million. Quite a wow. bit more than... Well, of course, these I don't know if these numbers are adjusted for inflation, but... Um, but even still, like the uptick from like 14 to 24 to 40 is yeah. not anything to scoff yeah, at. Yeah, and it's only a couple years later. Uh, what do you think it grossed? 60. Okay. 80? 89. Nice. Yeah, okay. I got one. And then uh, 161 uh, worldwide. Wow. Internationally. It, it's doing just as well. Yeah. yeah. I didn't. I know that sometimes like horror movies are hard to land, but maybe this is like such a broad concept that it's easy. It's easily translatable. It's also hard. It's also easy to forget that in that era, like, like you know, pre probably 2010 or something, you could not get movies into China. Right. I mean, they, they just oh. did not. So it's like you're missing out on like a you know billion and a half market at the time that they now have access to and there's there's a bunch of other places that you just couldn't get movies like this in like the 90s and 2000s yeah uh imdb says while sydney and her friends visit the hollywood set of stab three the third film based on the woodsboro murders a new ghost face begins to terrorize them once again 
Yeah. I feel like that description is a little misleading. It's like, she's not visiting the set. She was like <laughs> compelled to leave her security <laughs> compound due yeah. to the murders starting again. Right. And it just so happens to be concentrated on this film set. But I suppose if you phrase it that way, you sort of spoil right. a lot of the movie. The other thing was this, what, this is the one out of the four that wasn't written by Williamson. Oh, oh, okay. oh right. Cause it's, is it Eaton Cohen? <clears throat> um, I forget who the screenwriter is, <clears throat> but even though it, isn't written by Williamson. I still feel like it maintains the tone really well and sort of achieves sort of the snarkiness that he set up. It does. And in fact, it's even more comedy than horror. I feel. Yes. This is definitely the most campy one. Did, out did, of all didn't of he them. give notes on what he wanted it to be? And then they ended up writing it differently or something. Oh, or was it? Uh, Aaron Kruger is listed as okay. the writer. Well, either way, I like this one because it's so campy and okay. I like that it's so self-referential. And I think they do a really good job of, I, that's why I resent the fourth one so much was that I feel like the third one did a good job of like closing up all the loops and like answering any sort of like lingering questions. And then also it still had emotional stakes. Like I thought that they used all of the dead mom stuff very effectively and it still creeps me out yeah, to watch oh, yeah. it. Especially like the haunted yeah, mom. Yeah. Like there's nothing more. So first of all, you're already, you'll never be the same after your mom dies, let alone your mom dies in an incredibly tragic way. And now this like ghost face killer that's been terrorizing you since you were in your late teens. And now you're, I don't know, late twenties, early thirties. And it's still fucking happening. You're also isolated from everybody. So your mind plays tricks on you. And then the, also the stab three movie is going to focus heavily on your mom and her being dead. Like that whole thing, it, the whole thing creeps me out specifically when she visits the set and like the mom rises up from like the dead set. And she's like, come give me a hug. And like, <laughs> I sort of left the room when that happened the first time I saw it. It was like so creepy. The whole thing is very unsettling, but I feel like they use that to their advantage to also like build some pretty good tension where like it could be a lot more dumb if they wanted it to be. I, I like that they they took Nev Campbell's character and they they made her like every movie she's like a stronger person. Yes, like mm-hmm. like like character wise and what she's willing to go through and take on. It's like she's also learned, which is the nice thing. Because I feel like sometimes in sequels they become dumber or like they have amnesia or something. Yeah, where it's like yeah. if I were you, I would literally always carry a fucking gun on me. You right. don't know why you're unarmed. I don't know why you're hanging out in the middle of this alleyway by yourself. Oh, well, that was another thing from the second movie. Just real quick, the dead cop scene where the ghost face killer like takes over the cop car and they're in the back and they think they're being whisked to safety. Right. And instead the cop like drives them essentially off a cliff for a lack of a better term. (laughs) And they have to quietly figure out how to like maneuver out of this cop car where they're stuck in the back and like you can't open the door at all. And the right. Then the killer's passed out in the front. Yes. Climb over him without getting, yeah. without waking him up. Yeah. So I think at this point, Sydney has learned like cops are unreliable, like <laughs> arm yourself. Yeah. I also think they did a good job of like throwing a ton of suspicion on McDreamy as the cop. Like, mm. I thought it was incredibly bizarre that we're in his office and he has like movie posters next to his bulletin board where he puts up pictures of perps. Like, I, I just felt like oh, yeah. I, I, mean, I forgot about his it's like, so, yeah, it's incredibly buff, bizarre. Yeah. yeah, but it also makes him come across as very, very creepy. But like, why? I don't know. I, why would you put up movie posters in a fucking police precinct? They, they try to make him out to be some sort of like 1940s, like Hollywood land, right, like, right, right. like heyday of Hollywood, like starlets about kind of Man, like, yeah, like, like police detective, like, like I work in, I work in LA. Like I know all about the stars. And yeah, I think he was like specifically like from Beverly Hills. And so there was just to be, maybe a more fancy variety of cop. But the yeah. whole thing, definitely this time watching it and trying to look for things to talk about, I was like, that is 100% the weirdest part about this whole movie is this cop's in-office decor. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So this movie starts with uh, the cold open is, is Cotton, uh, and he's getting a call from the killer who's talking about murdering his wife. Cotton now has a uh, like a t- TV, daytime show. Talk TV show, right. show, a talk yeah. show. Yeah. So that was the thing. His arc he, in the first movie, he's in jail. In the second movie, he's out because because of the first movie. And but he's trying to like get fame and get justice. Yeah, nobody like, really cares about him in the second right, one because he's right. he's no longer the killer. And, and he's so, also yeah. trying to get Sydney to be on his side. Like there right. were lots of scenes in the second one where he's essentially stalking her to the point again throwing more suspicion on like him media right. outlets don't want to interview him unless like she's there with right. yes yeah, so exactly. he's like trying to strong arm strong arm her into things but then they end up being similar to gail they end up being on a closer better page or whatever by the end of the second one because he saves it doesn't he save does, her but he yeah. like helps out he helps but then, out, but then right. at the end of the second one city throws him a bone and, and labels him as the hero and the savior right, and right, so right. like right the right. news so now, goes crazy. She gives him what he wants, yeah, essentially, yeah. because he ended up not being a total piece of shit and also not one of the murderers. Uh, so. But it's like, there's that, we're going to jump back to two now, but it's like, there's that whole thing at the end where you're like, is is he going to like turn on them? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I do like that really the biggest evil in this franchise is people wanting to be famous. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like Super Mario. It's like when you get greedy, you die and scream. If you want to be famous, you're going to be a murderer. <laughs> Wait, what about Super Mario? Yeah. <laughs> Every time you try to like get extra coins or whatever, uh, it's what pushes okay. you over the uh. edge and you die. So when you get greedy, you die. That's the lesson I've picked up from Super Mario. Okay. I'll and then I'll the lie. lesson that I've learned from Scream is don't be thirsty for fame, especially in the wrong way. Okay. Because yeah. then you'll be a murderer, apparently. I feel it. <laughs> Right. So yeah, we start with Cotton, and he has yeah. like a weird like the doctors like TV show. It's probably some sort of nonsense. But there was a time in the two like the late nineties, early two thousands, where like everybody had like a dumb daytime TV talk show. Right. And so it was not beyond the pale no, for him it, to be famous. Totally in that way. believable. Yeah. And I did so, like that he had two phones though. That was like the beginning of oh, like yeah. burner phones. Oh yeah, we well, had like a car phone and a cell phone. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh yeah. There's the the last years of of car phones. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Center console car phones. <laughs> uh, so his girlfriend, who's played, uh, what's her name? Oh, uh, is it not not Valletta? Um, oh gosh, uh, she was the mom on Gossip Girl. Kelly Rutherford. There we go. And then she also had in real life a very terrible custody battle that was very public. That oh. I no way too many details about. <laughs> right. And so apparently, so the, the killer is on the phone with Cotton and is in and is stalking her in their apartment and. They have a very nice Spanish style villa house. They have a real oh, that's right. It's, it's a, a house. beautiful it's a, house up in the hills, probably yeah. Los Feliz, if I had to guess. Yeah, um, and she sees him, and she thinks it's Cotton. He, he does the voice thing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, right? yeah, and she. But apparently, we get the hints that Cotton does this weird stab cosplay shit for sex with her. Yeah, that she does not it. like. Oh, yeah. I picked up on that. Really. Oh yeah, <laughs> she's like, not this again. I don't want to play this yeah. game. You know. Yeah. I'm sorry, babe. I didn't mean to scare that you that What are you doing? What? What the fuck are you doing? I, don't, I was just, you know, trying to take the game to the next level. I'm sorry. Come on, open the door, Chris. Game. Yeah, the game. What are you talking about? I'm talking about how much fun it's going to be to rip your insides out. Now open the fucking door, Christine. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is that you, babe? Chris, if you're in there, open the door, okay, honey? Chris? Come on, baby, open the door. Chris! Oh! Ah! Hey! Hey, Chris! What are you doing? Stay back! 
stay back. Chris, what's going on, babe? You've gone crazy, that's what! Chris, was somebody in the house? Come back! Okay, 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 just calm down, okay? Why do you want to kill me? <laughs> what are you talking about? Why do you want to kill me? Give me the club, all right, honey? Give me the club. Give me the club, please. Christine, get out of the way! Oh. Behind you! I guess he, it seems like he, the, from the subtext, it's like he trots out all this memorabilia all the time, which is fucking bizarre and dark. It's like, <laughs> yeah. you, this is your claim to fame, and you're not ashamed of it, and you want to, like, you're actively right. dress you, up you, like you a murderer. You spent years in pounding me in the ass prison right. for a crime you commit, and now you laugh it off. <laughs> now, and you're now, like, now this is what you get off on. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Yeah. yeah. I, I do like the illusions. Like, deep down, yeah, he might not have murdered anybody, but he is a certified creep. So yes. there's also that. Yeah. Uh, and then the killer leaves behind a picture of Sid's mom. Yeah, after... Well, so there's... I mean, Cotton comes home. This is, again, oh, very yeah, similar yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. first one, where, right. like, he comes home, you think there might be a moment, but then she sees him, and she's, like, not totally convinced of, like, what's going on. She, right. like, takes a swing at him with a baseball bat, and then the murderers are behind her, stabs her, kills him. Yeah. And then that becomes, like, a big, high-profile case. And that sort of, like, is the inciting incident, essentially, for getting Sydney back in. But I think... Yeah, the way that Sydney gets contacted by the killer too is like very fucking creepy as right. well. Like her living in isolation. Yeah, I think, she's like she's like a part of a crisis hotline or something. Yes. And, yeah. Then she has a dog and she has a security a security alarm. She's got fences. She's got a gun. She seems like she's really uh, warned. That, that, that was the that was the biggest departure for me of, of believability was that she's like this call in crisis hotline and she got this like nice house in the line. <laughs> I was like how do you afford that? Like, Victims <laughs> rights fund? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right? but, I don't know but she clearly she must have done something. I don't know. I mean her dad is still in her life. Maybe he helped her buy the house. We don't know. Yeah. But she's in the middle of nowhere that, though yeah. so there's that as well. Yeah. Yeah you can afford a lot it's true. <laughs> Once right. you get out of a city. Yeah. All right. But a lot, so a lot of the story centers around the set of stab, what is it? Three? three. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so there was a stab in the time between Scream 1 and Scream, or I'm sorry, there was a stab, stab two, 2 in between Scream 2 and Scream 3. Right. Because now we're on stab 3. Yeah. I thought that was odd That's how, so how confusing, we, we caught up. Like, even just trying to yeah. explain that to the two of you right now for my own <laughs> mental clarity, I was very confused. Yeah. Uh, and so we get a few big names in here. We get Jenny McCarthy, yeah, yeah, as one of the Patrick actresses, Warburton. Patrick Warburton, yeah. Parker fucking Posey. Oh, Parker yeah, Posey. Yeah, yeah. She made yeah. for me. She makes this whole movie. As soon as she dies, I'm like, fuck this shit. <laughs> I just think she's so funny in it, and I think she's perfect. She's the perfect person. She plays like neurotic actress. Great. She right. is like, somebody who's like obsessed with being like Gail. Hilarious. All she was missing were like holding a bunch of crystals, and it would be amazing. <laughs> she and she plays. Bad actress. Yes. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Emily Mortimer is one of the other. Yeah. Oh, right. She's supposed to be young Sydney. Yeah. Because I guess it's to me it's super bizarre. Also, like the meta movies 
like what story they're telling. So in the first stab that we see in Scream 2, clearly they're covering Scream 1, but in stab 3, they're going back to Woodsboro? Like, for what? Right. I don't know. I guess we, like, we're not supposed to know the plot of stab. I don't think that that's really necessarily like a big deciding factor. We're just supposed to know that it's based on whatever murders happen. But I just found it to be a little confusing because they did this like nationwide search to find a Sydney, which is like a, a sub sub plot in Scream 3. Oh. Where, yeah, she's like some small town girl because there's yeah. that line at the end of the movie where Emily Mortimer screams at, I believe... It's Courtney Cox, but I can't remember now. Where she screams out, like, I didn't fuck some old dude to get this part. So I could die in the stupid house with all you losers. Yeah. And then she runs right into the murderer. Yeah. But before that, when they're talking about after Cotton gets murdered and everybody's being questioned on set before Sydney shows up, uh, the dude who plays the cop who dies in the house that explodes, right. he is talking about, he's talking to Emily Mortimer about, like, don't you want this movie to come out? Like, you beat out all these, like, thousands of young girls for this nationwide search. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to believe that they never casted a Sid? I don't know. Right. There's no Sid in Stab 1 and 2? Uh, like, <laughs> your guess or, is or, I've never even thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, or, or, I think they might have said something that the, the actress changed, I think. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I don't recall that, but the nationwide search thing really, I, I never really remembered that before from previous watches. I'm like, that's <laughs> fucking weird. Who, somebody was upset at an actress that was playing them in one of them. I can't remember what it was. Oh, were, well, it was. Um, it was it was a Gale who was like. No, but it wasn't. Didn't uh, Rose McGowan say something about, oh, they'll probably get. Um, Heather Graham to play. No, no, no. The uh, uh, from from. Um, Melrose, right? Uh, the daughter. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Yeah, yeah. Um, the girl that mm. <laughs> I can't. Think yeah, of- yeah. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm doing the same thing. It's on the tip of my tongue. Oh, uh, Heather Locklear. No, no, no. no. The, uh, the, the the creator's daughter. Yeah, Tori Spelling. Tori, Tori Spelling. Spelling. Yeah, yeah. There it is. There you go. Right. Yeah. So yeah. So and I guess in in stab. They they do in Scream Two. They mention that Tori Spelling plays her. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then so uh, Gail comes to investigate. Dewey's there, like you said. Dewey is hired as like a consultant. Um, but they but and he's living on a trailer on like Parker Posey's Parker property. Posey's yeah. property, yeah. Um, and Patrick Warburton is the bodyguard. And I love the scene where she just like jumps into Patrick Warburton's arms because she's too stressed out. <laughs> yeah. So they went into this movie and they made this with no script. Now I'm remembering that. Remember how we were like, we're like, oh, the, the the writer from the first two didn't write this. Yeah, they went into this movie with no script, and then they were writing it on set, and that's why that meta joke appears in it, where the actors are like, are there new fucking lines? Like, oh, I swear yeah, about every yeah. single day, there's new yeah, like new yeah. lines show up. Yeah. It's like they were like actors were showing up on set and being like, and were handed like, oh, here's your lines for the day, <laughs> like some goddamn soap opera. Yeah, and I, I right. think I think they shot, I think they wrote. And shot four or five different endings, and then they they weren't going to tell. The, they didn't even tell yes. the uh, the cast like which one was the real one. And right. so. What is this RuPaul's Drag Race? Not yeah. Crowning four different winners, so that you <laughs> never know who the real winner is until the actual finale airs. Do they do that? They do that. Oh god. Yeah. That, well, they film the finale live, which is why they don't want anybody to leak it out. So they film four different ways. So it's always really weird to watch the winners' reaction because they're always, they always look like not fully excited. They're always like, "Yay!" Yay. They always look a little trepidatious and then by the end like you go to their twitter like oh my god 
<laughs> so bizarre. I can't even imagine what that's like. Um, but, but I thought the the fax machine, like faxing new lines yeah. scene was super funny and like in a great dated way because nobody sends right, a fax. Right. See, for this movie, I, I, I'm better on the meta for this movie because it's laughing at its. It's like trying to laugh at itself. Yes. The other one was like trying to be like cle- like meta clever. Mm. This one was just like it realized it was ridiculous and it was just running with it. Interesting, because I that's that's opposite of what you think. I just felt like it, this movie got too silly for me. Yeah. I wanted more of the fifty fifty horror comedy. Yeah, I think I think the thing that that uh, well we well let's let's get to who the killer is. So right. So the killer is uh, what's the guy's name? Scott Foley. Scott Foley. Yeah. Scott Foley, and because he ends up being her brother, half brother, half brother. Yeah. Well, then we learned a lot of like fucked up shit about her mom oh, and like her oh, time yeah. in Hollywood, and like oh, they, they never we, come we, out. We've been talking about Carrie Fisher. Oh, I know. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah she has yeah. a fan. I mean, I think I wrote. Oh, yeah, I wrote. I forgot Carrie Fisher was in this forty-eight exclamation points. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, oh, so. Parker Posey is kind of clinging to Gail Weathers as she's investigating this stuff just because she figures she'll be safer with her or... And also, well, like, at first it starts to become like, oh, I'm going to become like you, like, yeah. I want to be like you. And then at a certain point when the movie gets canceled, she just wants to be like Gail. It, it sort of feels like she's already down this path and she's yeah. like, they can't murder the both of us at the same time if we're always together type Something of shit. Something like so, that, yeah. Because I think they were trying to kill them off in, in the order, order that of, in of the, how they die in the of script, script. Mm-hmm. Right, right and it's and, and that's when Gail's like I get killed third or whatever <laughs> yeah. the fuck she was really pissed about that yeah and so I, I think it's just to have the scenes of the two Gales together which is kind of funny oh, I feel like they work the best speaking of Gail Weathers what was with her wardrobe and hairstyle in this movie? Oh, I couldn't terrible. tell you. Those yeah. baby bangs? The baby bangs <laughs> and the the glow in the darks outfit. Like what the fuck was yeah. this? Just doing? the 2000s, man. <laughs> but it's like the first yeah, the first two movies she looks fine. And then That's it, because we hit the, we hit the 21st just, century and it's yeah. you got to you got to modernize. <laughs> I've got to get a new style, new <laughs> gale. Those bangs were hideous. That was the worst. Just like, bring it to the UN, crimes against humanity. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So, the two of them, Parker Posey and uh, Courtney Cox, go looking for some They, they find out records. that Sidney's mother used to be an yeah. actress. Right. And, because the killer and, keeps leaving old headshots of her mother right. at every crime scene. And so, they go they go to the production company's warehouse and the try to find all or the archives and try to find Where all Carrie Fisher works. Right. Hi. Excuse me. I am Gail Weathers, and I'm here researching with the police... This photo was taken at the studio. Her name is Maureen Prescott. Back then it was probably Roberts. Hey, are you... No. But you look just... Like her? I've been hearing it all my life. It's uncanny. I was up for Princess Leia. I was this close. So who gets it? The one who sleeps with George Lucas. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring up a a sore subject for you. Sure you didn't. None of them did. So how can I help you? Or do you want me to tell you who you look like? (laughs) How about some information on Maureen Roberts? I don't work for the cops, sweetie. I work for the studio. Really? Well, would you work for the president? The president of the studio. Fifty dollars? Who are you a reporter for Woodsboro High? worth two grand. Are you going to help Gail Weathers or not? And, and she's, and they're like, hey, aren't you? And she's like, no. 
that scene. She plays some woman who lost out the part of Le- Princess Leia <laughs> yeah. to Carrie Fisher, even right. though she is Carrie. Yeah. She's great in it. She looks great in it, and it was a very happy surprise. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was funny. When I went back and I saw that, I was like, I was like, because I, I, you know, towards the end of her life, you know what she looks like and like all the years of drugs and alcohol caught up with her. And then you see her in that and you're like, actually, she doesn't look that bad. I was like, like, she looks fucking fantastic. Why? Like, put her fully in this movie, please. Totally. This movie does have a lot of great cameos. I think that was a lot of the fun for me um, was being like, you're in this and you're in this. I feel like Dorothy's like, and you were there and you were there. Oh, and then so. Uh, we do get the the videotape of Randy. Oh God! Yeah, do you want to do you want to air your grievances oh, on Heather Maserato being Jamie Kennedy's <laughs> yeah. sister? Just that, like, yeah, they, they, the the way they introduced, like, because obviously, like, they need to have Randy's exposition of like of like the rules of, yeah, of, of the like, trilogy, how to survive yeah. and trilogies, and all the pets are off, and everyone needs to die at the end, and and like they have his like sister who's never mentioned anywhere else show mm-hmm. up, and there's this weird awkward like, oh, it's Mara, like give her a hug, like oh, we've missed you, and like oh. <laughs> our small town misses you guys it's like yeah. i brought you this tape even though my brother died like three years ago like he wanted you to have it in right. this exact just, moment just in case this dying. happened again yeah. right well i think she had some arbitrary reason like we were clearing out his stuff I'm like oh. so you came all the way here to give them a tape because you cleared out a box right. in a storage you, you, you unit you don't take us to the police in your life <laughs> yeah. no you drive to la from santa rosa yeah you know? <laughs> get in the car for a good eight hours yeah, yeah. And be like, here's a tape. Hope, yeah, this hel- I hope this helps. I hope you all don't die. Fine, I'm going <laughs> yeah, home. exactly. She was in it for two minutes. I know. And, and like, it was so oh, weird. We forgot about the uh, the Jay and Silent Bob cameo, right? Like, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So, that, yeah I'm right that, around that scene, yeah. I'm getting that cameo confused with them being in Drake's new music video where they have a Degrassi reunion. I feel like I've seen way too. Oops, sorry. I feel like I've been seeing a lot of uh, Jay and Silent Bob in the last couple of days from rewatching Scream Three and that Drake music video. I was like, I don't <laughs> in, know where I've in seen the them. same scene is them walking I think but walks behind them is Wes Craven and the cinematographer yeah. oh okay oh. yeah and apparently um, what's his name Roger Corman is like a studio executive in this oh, yeah, yeah he plays yeah. the creepy yeah. old dude yeah. that um, Emily totally Mortimer fits. has yeah. to bang Did you, I thought she was talking about Lance Hen- Henriksen no I think she was talking about uh, Corman oh okay yeah sure yeah <laughs> I could be wrong but I thought yeah, that's who she know. was referring to as like a creepy old dude yeah because I was like, "There's only one." <laughs> it, it, it was weird going back and watching this movie now. When the like the like the producer, or like Lance Hendrickson plays, like he's got all these like like anything goes parties where like things go like like secret rooms where why things, does he have a Scooby Doo house? Where, where, yeah, where things go a little too far and like women get abused and stuff like I'm that. I'm sorry, I'm and thinking he meant to say rape. They they get yes. raped no, and they get drugged. Oh yeah, no, like, obviously. I, but I didn't yeah. pre- like I thought the illusions were really like almost too coy and like it was. But that's sort of what I'm saying. Is, that's what I'm saying is like they they were sort of dancing the line of that like and then you like looking at that now you're like. Why are people not like more weirded out by this? Like, like yeah, I mean, eighteen years a, ago, he's a full-on Harvey Weinstein. Everyone was, yeah, everyone was just kind of laughing. They're like, oh, like. Well, he yeah. basically was just like, it was the seventies. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? That's always yeah. not the right thing to do, no matter what year or time period it is. But I, I just, I, I wouldn't say that I want more detail on it. I just wish they were more maybe like forthright and not as cagey about yeah. talking about it because yeah, I felt yeah. like it was just, it made it, it made you as the viewer uncomfortable, which I'm yeah. sure was the point. But 
sometimes maybe another answer. Well, that's what I'm saying. They, they sort of da- like basically this the, the killer is is the rape child of Sydney's mother from this party, and it's like, and we don't they, even they, know who it is. Yeah, and like I said, they kind of dance around that. Like, yeah, because like, is it that producer? Dude? I don't think it is. is it, that's the thing. Yeah, is it's, and I he think it's doesn't just, know and doesn't care. Because yeah, it was apparently like five guys or something. Like yeah. Yeah, and then she gets, she has her final showdown with her murderous half brother right, yeah. in like some sex dungeon with like a weird. <laughs> I know that's what I'm saying. The whole thing is just all weird. I'm trying to say is if you thought your family was fucked up, just watch Scream Three. <laughs> then she's got that like an offhand comment where she like she ends up wearing like because the killer gets shot at some point, but then he survives because he's wearing a bulletproof vest. But then the killer shoots her, but she's wearing a bulletproof vest, right? And then she's like, well, she because she does a whole thing where she yeah. shows up at the house and yeah. she's got one gun. That he gets from her because yeah. of the because of the metal detector, but she hit hit a second one. Was that, that's that, that, that's that my, the fourth that, one? No, that, no that's, oh, yeah. that's that. But no, that's okay. the second. That's, yeah, my, the, that's third the third one. one. That's my that's my new go to thing. That's brilliant. It's yeah, like, right. <laughs> like if you're gonna get caught, it's like you might as well just have a shit ton of guns on you and be like, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, she definitely disposed of the smallest, saddest gun. It looked like right. the, looked like the tiny gun from Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Yeah, oh, like, yeah, what's yeah. this supposed to do? He's <laughs> like, my mother gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> but even before the final showdown in the Scooby Doo Mansion, I do think like I liked a lot of the stuff that happened on set. I mean, I know maybe it can get a little too meta or even kind of too silly, but I wrote in my notes. Jenny McCarthy died like she lived pretty stupidly. Because uh, I thought that her whole thing, like, that was another maddening thing that I'm surprised that you don't hate it. Like, she could have just walked out. She could have bum-rushed it. She thought it was the killer outside the door when it ended up just being a security person. Could have totally bum-rushed him outside. I don't, of her- I don't even know if I remember how she died. Like, okay, so she gets called into the production office roaming. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Scott Foley, yeah, yeah. Roman, the director, what, calls her who in. Who has a meeting that they're like, come sit in my office so I can call you on the phone? It's like, yeah. Well, I think it wasn't that. I think he was supposed to meet her. Oh, but then right. he was like stuck in traffic or whatever and he's like, all right, let's run lines now or at least that's what the killer is saying slash he's saying because he's the killer but whatever. Um, <laughs> this is what I understand. So, I guess no one would know that because... His office is probably on set somewhere. It's it's on the lot. Yeah, which is so. why there's a security person going and doing rounds and closing things. But not up. only that, you'd like you'd think that like okay, like investigating this murder, they'd be like, oh, they were talking to him. Oh, but it shows, and he was like, I was, oh, I was in my car, and I was like having like you know talking to her. It's like no, the, the security log shows that you came on set like at this time, like or you were still there or something. It's I don't know. And like an easily avoidable situation. This but movie gets a two. Out the door. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm kidding. Right from this loophole alone. Yeah. Twos across the board. Yeah. Uh, but she like comes in and then the voice suddenly changes as it is wont to do, which is just sort of the style that they've set up for this dude. Right. Or the, the murderers across all screen movies. And she sees somebody like, I mean, first of all, a murderer doesn't have keys. You dumb idiot. Yeah. Like, nobody's going to, like, have keys, like, jangle in front. And then also, again, don't rec- don't retreat further into the building. That is always, like, don't go up the stairs and don't yeah. retreat further away from an exit. She could have just told it. That was the scene that really pissed me off. I'm like, you could have just bum-rushed that door. And if oh. he grabbed you, there's a really good chance that, like, someone would see you. You could scream. Like, you had a fighting chance. But the second that you hide yourself away in the fucking prop room, like, you're done. Oh, right. You're super dead. Yeah. She hides in between all of these costumes. And I, I think this movie did a good job of doing a lot of matching shots from the first one 
like they do the public bathroom one from like the first scene. Oh, they yeah, do that yeah. again. Yep. And then they do another great scene where Jane McCarthy is like hiding in all of those racks of clothes. And I, this is also something that was from, I know what you did last summer where like someone is hiding with a bunch of mannequins. The person is hiding within the mannequins and then they pop out slowly. She finally realizes that dude's in there. And I think the best part is that she's in the prop room and it's like a bunch of fake knives. Yeah. She can't do anything. But beyond that, she's just an idiot. Like she, she deserved to die. I'm sorry. We, we, they should put you in the fifth movie uh, as, as the uh, Jamie Kennedy that just explains all the rules. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to die and you're going to die. Well, you, and, but be... before you die, definitely get your kids vaccinated because that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. None of us are trying to get the measles here. Come on. <laughs> Uh, you should be cast as the writer of Stab 7 or whatever. Oh, I would love... I mean, honestly, next to writing the taglines for Real Housewives Cold Opens, uh, that's my other dream job. <laughs> I'm not even going to try it. No, yeah. that's not, that is also a different podcast yeah. called Seriously. These Are My Housewife Taglines, hosted by just me all alone. And it's just my dog listening to me. Five stars on iTunes. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yes, perfect reviews. Uh, but yeah, I thought the way that she died was really stupid. And that's finally like what gets them to close down the movie. But the set's not closed. Because like Sydney ending up on set was probably one of the more confusing bits for me. Even though yeah. I feel like it was the scariest part too. Where she's basically getting chased around a exact replica of her house. Right, right. That is set up like it like it was when she was being attacked. And not only that, but then you also have like the crime scene with her mom. I really can't emphasize enough how much the mom stuff unsettled me deeply. Uh-huh. It was just really creepy. I don't know. Uh-huh. There's something about it. It was very creepy to me. Yeah. And this is where she does the door trick again. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then she throws herself out of a window. <laughs> Fi- my final thought on this one is, or final comment, actually, not thought, is that uh, supposedly I think they in the second one they shot and, you know how like there's that, in the end of the second one, there's like a helicopter shot that goes like further and further away from, and it's like over the college and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. That supposedly they shot us a, a scene where a, another person in this the ghost mask is standing on top of the bell tower, and like that's supposed to be the you know the guy from the third movie watching. Oh, oh right. And I I think that they weren't sure if they were going to make a third one, so they just didn't include it or something. Interesting. Yeah. And which which was the one where Dewey gets stabbed first or the second? The second one. The second. Yeah, yeah. One. Right. That's why he has the limp, limp in the third, in the third one. one. Yeah, and that's and it, I read that they thought they were just going to kill him in the second one. In the second one, huh? Uh, which is why you never see him from After there that, till the yeah, end of the movie yeah. until the third one. And then it's like, oh no, he's a popular character. No, he's, uh, Gail. Gail goes in the ambulance with him at the end of the second movie. Oh, does she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah okay. When it's like they they might have like intent and then all of a sudden shot a pickup scene at the end where it's like oh he's you know Gail gets a name and it's with him or something yeah but yeah it could, it could have been written that he's because yeah you're right it's like they don't address him for like the rest of the movie yeah. until like the very yeah. end so the killer in this one is just Roman there's no second killer yes which is kind of interesting and uh, they they broke the mold on that one they're like yeah yeah I but yeah I think the stab set. Ch- Chase with Sydney, the faxing new pages of the script and the house exploding, which in that scene did that's ridiculous. It's, it's so over the top. Oh, it's completely over the top. But I did, but I liked just like them running back and forth, and, and I also just liked the fax machine. I thought that was funny for some reason. I still think that's funny. But it's scream. It's got to be a phone call with the killer in that voice, and it's like that. There wasn't enough of that for me of oh. like of like the huh. voice. Yeah, you really only get it with Cotton, and then you get it like. With Sydney once, and when she's McCarthy. at her house, yeah, and Jenny McCarthy. But then other than that, it's like, you know, the the 
it's him as himself, like talking to Jenny McCarthy. It's like I think it, that Roman definitely you. I think that you can figure out that it's him maybe a little bit faster in this yeah. one than you do with other ones, probably because it is just one person, but also because he's not in the movie that much and that, that I feel like to me casts some strong aspersions on the whole thing. I, I think the number one villain in this entire series is the company that makes that voice change <laughs> <laughs> of which there would be no killer. They like, should be held culpable. Yeah, they be Very accountable. Legally responsible for all the murders. Yeah. Well that was the thing with this one is unlike the first two you don't get a whole lot of anybody could be the killer. Yeah. Right. That's true. Of, it's like yeah. it's basically yeah it's him eh, there's a little suspicion <clears throat> thrown at McDreamy but that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's he's pretty much the only creepy person in this. Yeah. Like, yeah. McDreamy? Yeah. Yeah. Just he, like a very weird acting of like, what what do you think? What are you doing? But just <laughs> yeah. like yeah. He also does that thing that Billy would do in the first one, which is like he shows up like seconds after yeah, something right, critical right. happened. Yeah. And you're like, Well, how could you have been that close? Like he shows up at like the murder mansion. I, I'm sure whoever wrote this was doing that thing there it's like He's going to think that she's going to think that he's going to think. It's like, I'm going to catch them all off guard. They're not going to see this. Like, we've already done this in this movie. We'll do the opposite of that. But then they're going to think we're going to do the opposite of that. And we'll do the opposite of that. (laughs) I think you can figure out that it's Roman pretty quickly. But I don't think that you see the whole twist of him being the half-sibling coming at all. It's a question of why he's doing it. Yeah. Right. Well, yeah, I think... The first couple of times I saw it, my inclination was like, oh, or not even first couple of times. The first time I saw it was like, maybe he just like got in too deep with like the stab research. And now he's like one of those like method actors, but with directing. So he feels compelled to murder his own cast. <laughs> like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. But the, yeah, the, the child of the byproduct of a really, of a rape is not really where I thought I was going to go. You're not going anywhere, Sydney. It's time you came to terms with me and with Mother. Maybe you never knew her at all, Sydney. Maybe you just can't get past the surface of things. Who the hell are you? The other half of you. I searched for a mother, too. An actress named Rena Reynolds. Tried to find her my whole life. And four years ago, I actually dragged her down. Knocked at her door, thinking she'd welcome me with open arms. But she had a new life and a new name. Maureen Prescott. You were the only child she claimed, Sydney. She shut me out in the cold forever. Her own son. Roman Bridger, director. And brother. She slammed the door in my face, said she said I was Rena's child and Rena was dead. And it struck me. What a good idea. So I watched her. I made a little home movie, a little little family film. It seems Maureen, Mom, she really got around. I mean, cotton was one thing. Everybody knew about that. But Billy's father, that was the key. Your boyfriend didn't like seeing his daddy in my film too much. He didn't like it at all. Once I supplied the motivation, all the kid needed was a few pointers. Have a partner to sell out in case you get caught, find someone to frame. 
It was like he was making a movie. Um, but he definitely, like, that body count towards the end, he fucking kills everybody yeah. but the main core cast yeah. from the last two. Yeah. I did write down early on that um, Courtney Cox looks like crazy Margot Hemingway. <laughs> and then later on, they call her Lois Lane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not Margot Hemingway. Mar- Mar- Margot Kidder. Kidder. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I, I immediately flashed about yeah. Christmas. I knew what you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. So what uh, what do you rate this one? Oh, sorry. I just noticed a note. Oh. When Sydney goes into the set of her room, there's a Creed poster on the wall. I, that's right. I saw that. I was like, this is terrible. <laughs> there's a few other ones, too. There was a- That was the one that stuck out to me. I just paused. I was like, really, Creed? You couldn't? You think that, first of all, Creed was not a thing in 96. Okay. Second of all, I just doesn't strike me as a Creed fan. <laughs> I don't really know. And I guess my only lingering question are beyond what we know that was probably Roman on set. Like, was she like fantasizing about her or like, was she having, um, Oh, hallucinations hallucinations about her mom showing up at her house, like her compound, like her faraway safety compound. Like when she, before she gets that weird call, she has that dream of like her mom and like her front yard being like, Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. It probably was a combination of like hallucinations and, and, you know, stress or just shitty writing. <laughs> right. Or it's like, since they were apparently writing it on the fly, it was probably something that they wanted to develop further and then just right. didn't and right. like forgot about it, which is something that happens often. I've heard in bad movies. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. What do you got? What do you, you start? I think I, I like that. It's can't be in horror. I think I give it like a seven and a half. I'm going to split the difference here. I, I'm going to stay straight with a six. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, I think that, I think that, it's a good sequel to two. I still think it's a good sequel to one, though, in a lot of ways. Again, because I feel like they close some some loops and they bring they make. I feel like they made a real point to try and tie it very specifically to one. Like they use another, they use that same Nick Cave song again. They match a lot of the same shots, and then they also bring back like Roman is responsible for even Billy Loomis and. Um, yeah, see, but I I I don't like when they do that in movies where they're like the thing you thought you knew. Is not what you knew. It's well, I like, wouldn't say that he, I mean, he doesn't take credit for it, but he was just like he no, just like he, planted he, the seed. Yeah, well, well, he, he said that they were both degenerates to begin with, and so yeah, it wasn't very and complicated. He put the idea to do this, and in then their just mind. walked away. It's, yeah, it's like I don't know. I didn't really. He, like, that and that's much. the whole thing where he showed up to the house and like to confront his like mother or to meet his mother, and she turned him away. And it's like there's all these like just like. You're like, what is going now? You've now it's like the mother, the, the her mother has like has gone from banging cotton to like Billy's dad, <laughs> to everybody, to in, everybody Hollywood. in Hollywood to like, well, the like, last one was less voluntary, yeah. Well, okay, yes, but then, but then like she, but I'm more saying like. Then she kicks out this kid that comes back to her, and it's just like, it's just like look when you're trying to uphold your sham life by a thread, yeah. Eric. You don't need some random <laughs> illegitimate child showing back up on your doorstep. I'm sorry, sorry. <laughs> Where's that? They need to establish where he was for like thirty years. Yeah. Well, the, I got the sense that that producer was, was his, his dad. dad. I thought, you know what? When I first watched this a long time ago, I thought that too. And then I watched it again this other time and I was like, who Hendrickson or Corman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, no, I don't, I don't, now I thought that was, but it might not be his dad. Hmm. Or at least he feels some sort of guilt or responsibility to him though, at least. Yeah. Maybe not his dad, but maybe like a father figure because he yeah. gives him this movie. Right. I had to go down to a five for this one. It was just kind of too silly for me and... Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't buy a lot of that stuff you were just talking about. Yeah. So, 
Parts of it do sag. Yeah. 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 There were parts where I was like, I'm going to be on my computer for a yeah. minute because I've already seen this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, IMDb sitting right there at 5.5. And Rotten Tomatoes. Another random, random <laughs> guess here. 65%. Okay. 62 36. Oh. oh my god, I wanted to go lower, but I was like, probably not. All right, in the we, 50s. We, have, we have one more chance, Margo, to get the. Yep. Oh, I'm not gonna get it. I'm just, <laughs> oh, come on, you know this next one's gonna be low. Is it? Yeah, it is. It's probably gonna be low. I think I can at least get out of the 60s at this point. <laughs> Maybe not that low. It's not gonna be like 8% or something. Yeah, no, but I think it's probably like in the 30s, 40s. Yeah, by 40s. Yeah. All right, so Scream 4 came out in 2011, which is, wow, is that. The third one was 2000, 11 years after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, directed by Wes Craven, yeah. who also directed Scream 3. <laughs> and, <laughs> what do we know him from, dude? Uh, and then he he, uh, he died not long after that. He did, he? actually. Mm-hmm. May he rest. Yes. Uh, budget was $40 million, about the same as the third one. When he guesses? 38 I think it, I don't think it did very well. I don't think it did very well either, even though our theater was packed. I don't think it held. I think whatever money it made the first weekend was probably as good as it was going to get. So maybe 30? For the first time, we have an exact winner at 38. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations, right. Eric. I don't know. That never just popped in my head. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and you made, intuited it. Yeah. Uh, 97 million worldwide. Uh, wow. So that's like the that's, lowest it's gross worldwide, too. That's terrible. It's yeah, like yeah. half. IMDb says 10 years have passed. Okay, so 10 years have passed since the last movie. So yeah. <laughs> 10 years have passed and Sydney Prescott, who has put herself back together, thanks in part to her writing. She was never a part. Let's, let's be honest here. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's very good at compartmentalizing, <laughs> yeah, apparently. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is visited by the ghost face killer. Okay, so the beginning of this movie is crazy pants, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we start off. Uh, there's two girls, and the killer calls them, and they hang up on him twice. Then he buzzes one of their devices and rings the front door, and they get killed by two ghost face killers, and it turns out this is Stab 6. Yeah. Yeah. Now we cut to Kristen Bell and Anna Paquin watching Stab 6. Oh my God. And then Kristen stabs Anna, but that's Stab 7. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, it, yeah, yeah. At this point, they're just like, let's just run wild. Now we cut to two girls watching Stab Seven. One of them is Britt Robertson. Oh, who plays um, like the Sydney prototype in the Scream show? Oh, okay, cool. Uh, one tries to scare the other, and then the other gets scabbed, and the killer comes after the first girl, stabs her in the attic, and she falls down the stairs into the garage, tries to get away, but the killer pulls back in and st- Stabs her. Right. Doesn't she try to get away through like the doggy door? Something like that. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah I was oh, not. From yeah. like the jump, I was like, maybe this was a mistake to come <laughs> and see this. <laughs> uh, yeah. So there's your cold open. Three meta layers, right? Yeah. Uh, and I like that, though, in like in the stab universe, they're at they're on number seven at this point, which is kind of crazy. Right. Because we've only had four, three incidents in the real world up until right. this yeah. point. But you got, you got to consider with uh, Wes Craven and the whole Nightmare on Elm Street, like, what are they on on that one for its like... Exactly. It's so like they just it's, take it's the more, trope of the killer yeah, it, and then yeah. they just supply oh, yeah. like different young people to get stabbed. Yeah, can you imagine done, if yeah. this actually happened in real life and they make the movie out of a real life events happening? Every fucking time it happens. Yeah, right. And then they're like, well, this is just like a cash cow. We're not going to stop making these movies, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And then a more cynical person would be like, oh, maybe the movie producers are causing <gasps> the st- the stabbings in real life. Tip, tip or gore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. 
so now we come back to Sid, and she—I guess she wrote a book about her experiences. What, what's the book about again? I forget. Is it like a self-help book, or is it, it was like a survivor's guide? Survi- yeah, yeah, it was. was it. It, it was very secrety. It's like the secret almost. She's, but like she stole all of her <laughs> tips from uh, Jamie Kennedy. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the secret meets uh, Tony Robbins. It's like sure. motivational, but also like if I can, you can type of mm-hmm. shit. Right. Next time you're being stalked by a stereo killer, <laughs> this is what you do. I'm just glad that finally by the fourth movie, Sydney decided to cash in on her tragedy while everybody else has been cashing in on her shit forever, apparently. Right, right. Didn't, didn't uh, Cox and Arquette have to like film this while they were like separated? Yes, that's the awkward thing that we didn't mention about the third movie was that they get engaged at the end. So even yes, that yes. was meta because they had just gotten engaged like not too long before that. So he proposes again in the movie. I think at that point, I think at the end of Scream 3, like, they had sort of, like, the lines had blurred too much between real life and Scream anyway. Right. So, I think by the time they got around to four, they were just like, fuck it, let's just throw yeah. everything in. <laughs> like, 11, yeah, 10, 11 years later, they're like, yeah. well, we're getting divorced now. <laughs> we're working into the movie. Yeah, do it. And they do. Yeah. Right. So, they're still sleeping together, but they're not together together, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, now we have two new girls, or three new girls. Uh, one is Sydney's cousin. The other one is, uh, I always forget her name, but the cheerleader from Heroes. Yeah. Oh, Hayden Hayden Panettiere. And I forget who the third one is. Yeah, it's Emma Roberts, Save the Cheerleader, and Other Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and and nobody famous. Yeah. Nobody famous. <laughs> yeah. She might be. I know. But so I guess, I guess we're back in Woodsboro? Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Be, yeah. And Dewey's now the sheriff. Uh, the phone that called. Is he qualified though? Like that's a great. Yeah. Have we, have we it's, checked? it's it's an elected job, uh, so all he yeah. has to do is say like, "Hey, I, I the saved the killer." I saved the killer. I will work for the criminals. Yeah. <laughs> it's a real Arkham Asylum situation yeah. up in here. Just spinning around completely. It's like yeah. get the criminal vote. <laughs> I zigged when you thought I was going to zag. There are That's so the many murders in this town. I got to go for that demographic. <laughs> <laughs> we now have more murderers than actual people. Right. I got to appeal to my base. We're running out of uh, victims. <laughs> it was like I, I think I heard somewhere or I read something. So somebody did an analysis of if vampires actually existed, like they would wipe out the human population within like five years or something, yeah. just because of the rate of you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. How, how are there still zombies on The Walking Dead? <laughs> I have so many questions. Yeah, exactly. Every every season they rot more. It's like <laughs> I, well, somebody actually went in and did the math that basically said by at this point in time they should have killed all of the zombies. Yeah, but you also got like I have not watched Walking Dead in probably like three or four seasons. But and you, it's you, all your fault that I watched that goddamn show to begin with. Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> the first season's amazing. Frank Darabont. Yes, Come no, on. the first season um, holds up. It's actually very good. Yeah. Anyway, the. Uh, but on that note, it's like that you, you like that type of show. Oh, why am I even talking about this? Let's just move back. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not, I'm not gonna rabbit hole on like. Sorry, I dragged you over yeah. to my soapbox about how much I hate that goddamn show. Right. So the phone that called the girls is uh, found in Sid's rental car trunk, and there's a lot of blood there. But of course, nobody believes that Sid is the killer. Right. Yeah. Although um, she should have been. Yeah. That would have been the ultimate meta turnaround of just like. Yeah. Oh, uh, they, they're, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of losing context here. I'm just, uh, there's a lot of they are doing this <laughs> notes, but they're watching Shaun of the Dead, which I thought was a good. Oh, yeah. Reference. Well, because like, uh, what I didn't like about this movie the most is that 
it tried so hard to recapture like the fast talking smart ass teens that they created in the first movie mm-hmm. which were very much a product of that time too when you had like a show like Dawson's Creek where you're like none of these 30 year olds are actually in high school <laughs> and no fucking high schooler quotes yeah. Walt Whitman like that's just not a thing that happens yeah. and so having I think it's one of the Culkins Rory I believe the one that's on yeah. Succession now yep. he is supposed to be like the Jamie Kennedy like transfer or whatever and so he's the one that's like putting on Shaun of the Dead and then like explaining all of the rules and why it's important. I just felt like some of that was just a little grating. How about the kid with a fucking head camera that's like oh, oh, that, that shit. Dreaming Honestly, yeah. I fucking hate all the technology that they incorporate into the he's plot. so I bad. It. Yeah. it ruins so yeah. much of what made the first three even remotely enjoyable which is like yeah. you don't have the ability to like track or star six. Even when they introduce star 69 people in like the third or second one I forget. You're like okay well that loses a little of the fun for me is like if you can so easily track them then you should fucking figure this shit out really quickly right right yeah so i and i actually don't remember a lot of the kids names because i didn't really care about any yeah <laughs> no, 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 I, no, no that's the funny thing yeah. you're right in it like uh, yeah, the first three it's like i remember the names right. this one i cannot remember any of the names and you like, actually care about them too i feel like i definitely didn't give a shit about any of them i was no. like i hope all of you die right and when you do die i'm like all right whatever next the, shithead kid the only one i liked was hayden panettiere she yeah. she brought some character to her character yeah you know? she was interesting uh well emma roberts sort of ends up playing kind of like the same type of person like if you ever watched any season of American Horror Story that she's on she's sort of it's always kind of like the same performance for me and sometimes it's fine because it's like what the character needs but most of the time I have a hard time like connecting or caring about her yeah it's almost like she has a famous father and a famous aunt that got her into the industry. <laughs> oh, that's right. It's Julie Roberts. Julie, it's, uh, it's, it's Eric, Eric Roberts, Roberts' daughter, daughter and then Julie Roberts' niece. Yeah, yeah, she was. You hear Eric Roberts' daughter, and you're like, ah, and then you hear Julie Roberts' niece, and you're like, oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, actually, I I don't care about them, but equally so. <laughs> I mean, like, I feel bad that Eric Roberts is her dad. Because <laughs> that okay. must not have been easy. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah so um oh and Allison Brie is in this oh yeah oh. I forgot about that yeah she's like she's trying to get Sid to write more books and she's yeah she's a like a psycho fan kind of oh, yeah. like isn't she like borderline I thought she was like a publicist or something. publicist yeah yeah, yeah. But wasn't she like borderline obsessive she was yeah yeah because yeah. they always have to throw in a character that you you get a sneaking suspicion that like maybe their uh their intentions aren't as pure as they're claiming yeah. Which I guess was like the Billy and then was the Jerry and then the McDreamy and now it's Allison Brie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she gets killed. Is she the first one to get killed? Uh, other than the cold open? That's uh, the first, first one of my notes anyway. So she gets stabbed and then she gets thrown off the garage onto the police press briefing. So I guess if they're having a police press briefing. Oh, oh right. Because those girls got killed in the beginning. and the They phone, were like the students. Yeah. yeah. And then they tried to recreate like that fountain scene from the first one, too, with all those new kids. I'm like, I don't care about any of you. No. And then, of course, you have to have a party. Right. So they have apparently they have a thing called Stabathon, which is like a stab convention. And it's of course. I, I forgot about the party rule. And then like you think about the weak party in number three, where it's just like they show up to oh, that yeah. guy's house. Right. And and they, go like, to par- they go to Parker Posey's house. <laughs> and they're, they're, like, oh, well, that's not oh and then they go to the, like, yeah. the, the, the murder Lincoln mansion. Murder yeah, mansion. Right. Like and there's like six people and yeah, yeah, guys that's not a party. There. It's yeah. like it's like uh, the bare minimum needed to qualify for it. Well, I think everybody, as soon as they show up, they're like, this is definitely an excuse for us to get murdered. Yeah. But yeah, the yeah. Stabathon, it is interesting that that's a trope that they've created within their own franchise of like, it all needs to culminate in a, in a high school party. Right. But Gail shows up and she wants to, she sits up with these 
hidden ca- hidden quote hidden cameras that oh, are like right to like twelve inches on big. All of them. You know, yeah. they're just enormously obvious hidden cameras that she plants everywhere to spy on everybody. She she never upgraded her technology. From, no, two thousand. Right? Yeah. She upgraded her face though. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, she had a lot of work done before yeah. this movie. Eventually, oh, so eventually the, the the killer goes through the the stabathon, but then all our main kids end up at Hayden Panettiere's house. Right. And that's where that's where the whole thing happens. Oh, the killer kills the AV dork, the guy with the camera. Right. Yeah. Which no one is sorry to see well, go. While he's live streaming because he had it on backwards or uh, something. It's like, yeah. 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 I think that's, <laughs> that's my problem with this movie. It tries way too fucking hard. Yeah. It's, well, it's it one of those things where it's like when they're writing this, they, they're like, well, let's try to be realistic. And he, he's live streaming. But like, what could go wrong? It's like rather than just embrace the like, OK, let's just tell the story and if it's sloppy it's sloppy they try to find some clever way to like well the camera's facing the opposite direction it's like because of this incident happened and it got spun around it's like okay you're putting way too much thought into this well it's like what you were saying about scream 3 it's like the writer is coming at it from like well he said but she's thinking and he's thinking what she said and it has way too many of those layers when you should just like get on with the fucking story and again I just feel like they try to shoehorn in like look how much stuff's changed since the first one like we we all know. They're, We've all been here. They're right. trying to be clever through every step of the movie and like, okay, well this this time we're going to do the, this reversal and this. It's like, just figure out what interesting who the killer is, like an interesting way to have the and then just write a movie that just tells that. It's like, you don't have to have everything be like leading this way and leading that way and making them think that it's like, just make a good movie. Yeah. yeah. Don't overthink it. That, and I feel like you can see their thought process in every scene in this movie. Yeah. And, you know, as a diehard Scream fan, I was making excuses throughout, but I like at a halfway point, I was like, this is just, this is just, terrible. it's not good. It's not a good sequel. And it's all, it's not a good sequel. And it's also definitely not a good movie in its own right. No. Right. Cause like, yeah. we're also trying to judge them as like a standalone film. And the fourth one is definitely the worst one by far. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, 10 years, you should just leave it alone. Yeah. Or reboot it. <laughs> which I think is what they tried to do with the TV show, right. which I felt was like a better, like I feel like a TV show was like a better medium for a reboot too. I also feel like they, they couldn't reboot it with Wes Craven having dead, being dead. So it's like, right. it's like, well, if we're going to reboot it, let's make it a TV show and not a movie yeah. like to stomp on his legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I, I mean, I, I'd say obviously the, with the whole um, nightmare on Elm street thing, I, I think I, I'd say he's most famous for scream. Like, you think so? At least to me. At least to me. I, 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 I know. I know. Nightmare on Elm Street is a huge thing, but it's like he's helmed every single scream. It's it's his franchise. Yeah. I think Nightmare on Elm Street is what made him famous. It made him famous, but I don't think it's it's like his legacy as much as like Scream is. I guess so. I honestly wasn't. I don't know that I remembered that he made these movies until I went back and watched them again. Hmm. I definitely had forgotten that he had directed all of them. I thought that he yeah. had sat out at least one, only because that tends to happen in general with all franchises yeah. that scheduling or money or whatever contracts, who even knows what the behind the scenes shit is. That shows that this is his sort of his, his baby. Yeah, and, and he's he left his mark. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it very much, when you look at all four side to side, side by side, you can tell that it has the same look and feel. Yeah. 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 Oh, so Mary McDonald's in this as the aunt. I think it was very convenient that all of a sudden Sydney has an aunt that we've never fucking seen. Right. And the right, the aunt and the cousin in the town that we've and never seen. And her dad, before. where's her dad? Yeah. Is is he in the fourth one at all? Cuz he's in the third so. one a little bit. He's he in the third one. Yeah. He's in the third one when he's like he comes to her house at a certain point 
And they're like, I think post Cotton's murder, and they're having a convo. What? I don't remember this. And th- well, I can tell you since I watched it not three days ago that he is in the third I one. I watched briefly. this like a week ago. I don't. Remember. He's in the third one very briefly. Oh, maybe. No, not maybe. He is. <laughs> I'm not. You're all right. If you're, if you're adamant, I'm. I'm. I'm not 100. So if you're adamant, maybe it's yet. falling into that strange window yeah. of time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't it just. It just lapsed about an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> It'll come back in two days. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Once it cycles back around right into the long. The weekly info dump yeah, took place. It, it takes about two years for my brain to process it from one area to another. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Aunt Kate. So the cousin's mom is played by Mary McDonald, yeah. who's the. The well, first lady yeah, in, if, if Emma Roberts day? is going to be She's her the first lady in what? Independence Day. Oh, oh you're right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I definitely would not recognize her by name. <laughs> oh, okay. I remember it's the one I, the thing I kind of first knew her from was uh, Sneakers. That oh, okay. I was a big okay. fan of that movie. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, And she gets stabbed through the mail slot in the door. Oh, God. I forgot <laughs> about that stabbing. Yeah. Yeah, Terrible. and then doesn't Hayden Panettiere get like murdered in her own room like isn't she on the phone and then she opens up her closet like, oh the murderers yeah and there. Robert's witness are getting murdered from, yeah, yeah like they're facetiming again and there's like too but much there, but, there's, but she could see her through the like there was like the houses were side by side something and she like could that see her through the window oh yeah yeah yeah. because the caller the the killer calls and says i'm in the closet but it didn't say whose closet yeah i didn't say who's in, who's in the, the next like, house yeah. over right Oh, right. But I also feel similar to Timothy Oliphant in the second one. I feel like Emma Roberts just has that face. The second you see her, you're like, you're one of the killers. I just know it. Interesting. Well, that and Rory Culkin. Oh, that gets hella creepy. (laughs) Yeah. It's like... (laughs) But the fact that they were taking a page out of Billy and Stu's book where they're, like, standing in the kitchen stabbing each other. I was like, I fucking can't deal with this. Yeah. yeah, What they did was they tried to take... They tried to take... The the Billy character in one and turn him into Jamie Kennedy's character and like make him nerdy, but then like the the whole Emma Roberts thing is like then that like Hayden Pantier starts like making out with him Rory Culkin. Oh my god, I forgot about that. Like <clears throat> she like everyone leaves the party except for like Hayden Panettiere yeah, yeah, yeah. and like Rory Culkin right. and, and like she's, and yeah. she kind of comes on to him. It's like right. oh, I've always like I found you like cute and da da da. And then you find out, but then really it's like him and Rory Culkin and Emma Roberts are like some twisted couple that likes to get off on like. I feel like um, Emma Roberts' character is supposed to be more like Billy because of like the family tie, yeah, and I yeah. think that Rory Culkin's supposed to be more like Stu because Stu also had like a, yeah. a knowledge of horror movie tropes, not to the same extent as say, obviously like Jamie Kennedy's character, but very similar though. Because but, but they tried to they tried him also like I said they tried to make him in the Jamie Kennedy like where he's he's always had a thing he's he's expressed a thing for Hayden Panettiere's character and she's always rebuffed him and sort of been like mm-hmm. oh you're gross like get out of here but then when they were alone she's like oh you know I gotta admit like. You know, it's pretty hot when you almost stab me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your creepy face is, is kind of cute. <laughs> the unsettling symmetry of your face makes, <laughs> makes me want to put my and face your, on your face. Your long hair, and what, yeah. greasy, <laughs> like, greasy, yeah. Like, yeah. And I'm sure your skin is kind of greasy because yeah. you're in high school and it's gross. Well, and what was her actual motive, the cousin? Do you know what it was like growing up in this family, related to you? I mean, all I ever heard was Sydney this and Sydney that and Sydney, Sydney, Sydney. You were always just so fucking special. Well, now I'm the special one. You'll slip. They always do. <laughs> Come on, Charlie. Let's get on with this. 
her motive was also fame. And like, she, did, she, she, she didn't she was like less, that Sydney was like famous yes. for this, oh, and right. like she was like she yeah. she also wanted a piece of like the tragedy pie. She was just, but she was also tired of wherever she went. Everyone was talking about Sydney mm-hmm. and right. asking right. her about Sydney, and so she figured if she could blame Sydney to be the killer, then people and would poor just, Sydney shit. And, yeah, mm-hmm. and everybody would be like, oh, poor her, like her cousin. I find it a little bit hard of a reach that a cousin is the person that's walking around being like how's sydney like oh my yeah. god who, who knows who people Cousin, cousins are i couldn't yeah. pick out anybody's <laughs> well, cousin i'm sure, I'm sure it's, they're right. in Wo- uh, woodsboro or woodbury or <laughs> <laughs> woodbury woodsboro yeah. so i'm sure everybody in that town is like oh you're sydney's cousin like i, I guess, guess. i feel like you gotta murdered, i feel like you gotta was murdered. you have to popularize that though in order to be known as sydney's cousin i feel like not in a small town like woodsbury come on <laughs> woodsbury borough <laughs> yeah woodsboro or woodsbury i, I can't even riverdale yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just sub in some shitty like yeah i thought the aunt cousin angle sort of came out of nowhere and was a little too convenient and, yeah. and then also not caring about any of these characters sort of just made sitting this sitting through this movie very difficult just because you don't give a shit about any of the stakes. And I don't know, Sid, Sid, Gail, and Dewey were the only people that came back. And I think there were moments where you thought Dewey might not make it or whatever. But unfortunately, the no everybody can die rule does not feel as true in the fourth one as it did in like the previous ones. Yeah, you've established these three characters are probably yeah. not going to die. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then they do the thing where... They everyone stabs everybody at the end, and but uh, Sid and her cousin both end up surviving and going to the hospital. Yeah, right. And then they have this whole other. Thing, oh, right. right. There was like the post. Yeah, it was like the tag at the end. It's like, oh, yeah, no, Sydney's, and nobody knows that the cousin did it. Is it yeah. Charlie? Her name? Yes, Jill. Jill. I think it's Jill. Yeah. Jill. Yeah. So Jill wakes up and they're like, oh, yeah, Sydney, she's made it. She's in the ICU. And so she goes over to her to room stab to, and to kill, kill her. Yeah. And then there's the big fight in there. And uh, Sydney kills her with the. But then there's always the the superhuman strength that the killer summons to like get yeah. up one last time. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like she weighs 84 pounds. <laughs> so, like how yeah. could she possibly. A strong do that? breeze will knock her down. <laughs> yeah. But she can muster up some courage after being stabbed repeatedly to go and stab somebody else. Like, Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. Why not? Movie. That's uh, adrenaline. <laughs> adrenaline's a hell of a drug, man. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. But I feel like, aren't you also like heavily medicated at this point in time you, too? You've seen those uh, those mothers that lift burning cars to get their babies out. It's oh, like, for oh, sure. Now the cars you, are on fire. <laughs> yeah, exactly. are, they, are the moms also on fire? <laughs> yeah, everything's on, everything fire. on fire. Yeah, this is it, all fine. It just that's, that's that's the strength you summon when you're that determined, <laughs> right? Exactly. And Determination on fire. Yeah. They they lit the thing on fire yeah, exactly. just to make it easier to lift. So they, to motivate themselves to lift <laughs> exactly. it. Well, I can't lift this if I the car's just turned and my child's in there. It's just a normal fire. car with that's parked on my child. Yeah. I can't lift that. I gotta set it on fire first. Uh yeah. So anything else about this movie? Clearly we did not care for it as yeah. much as the other three because we don't have very much to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I was. I kept writing down who I thought was suspicious, and I was totally wrong. Like I didn't. Oh, really? I didn't pick up on the cousin. Who were some of your suspects? I thought Deputy Judy was weird. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, and the aunt actually. Huh. She now, had, what, why did she? Why did she kill her mother? <sighs> oh, well, I think that she has some speech where she like basically hates her mom. Yeah, at the very end, and like something about her just being like a shitty mom or uh, basically teen angst. I suppose is my. I answer. thought the the AV nerds were were 
suspicious and weird. Too. I just I, at this point in the movie, I just I didn't know like it's the fourth movie. Anybody, anybody can be the killer. Yeah, it's exactly. yeah. Uh, and my last note is Dewey is not very good at his job. Dewey has never been good at his job. So the <laughs> no. fact that he's sheriff is still boggling my mind. But yeah. I suppose if Tyron Lue can still well, coach the Cavs, I guess anything is possible. Apparently, what was it? One of the Matthew Lillard was supposed to one of the movies was supposed to come back and have been alive actually. Oh, really? and, been, what? And, and been in prison the entire time. <laughs> I and, actually would have liked that. And was or I think it's the fourth movie and was orchestrating the entire thing from prison. There was some movie where yeah, it's like they that was I think that was the like the writer original writer's like I like concept or something was that like cuz they you never actually see Matthew Lillard's like death death or you do, but it's like you, you like it's one of those things that anybody could have survived. I feel like you feel your brain fills in the blanks of like, yeah, he must be dead. Yeah, exactly. They sort of hand wave it away, and since yeah. he never and, comes yeah. back, you never know. Like you just assume yes. Yeah, and that's that's the thing they do in these movies is they, you know, the, the sort of you think that you've killed the killer, but then they get up for one last yeah. jump uh-huh. scare, and then in this they kind of play on that in the second movie when they're in the theater and. The, they're just like she just unloads the gun into their head yeah, just to make yeah. sure right <laughs> that was yeah. pretty good and that's the thing is like, I, I feel like that it could not have been he could not have survived because it's like it would have been talked about more yeah like, oh yeah um, they would have like right, they still known. alive and in prison exactly. like, yeah. right it would have been mentioned at least once even in like a passing news yeah. interview mm-hmm. like and one of the murders is still in jail <laughs> yeah. but I, yeah, what, Dewey is so what bad. news agency is that <laughs> one of the here, murders here, here, here. it's on an AM <laughs> station <laughs> you guys oh yeah <laughs> this just in one of the murders is still in jail <laughs> but Dewey is super bad at his job because even in the third one when they're trying to murder Scott Foley, everybody keeps trying to tell him to shoot for the head, but he keeps shooting him in the chest yeah. and he keeps yeah, yeah, coming yeah, yeah. at him and he does not change courses <laughs> at all. Right. You're supposed to be a fucking cop. Yeah. Get him in the neck, him in the knees, like so drop definitely him. the chest yeah. isn't helping. No. You, Move you've, on. You've realized that he's got a protection on him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pick something else. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. it's like that weird, like fake running where they're being blasted back. <laughs> <laughs> like, boom, 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 boom. He's just like trying to move forward. Every two uh-huh. steps, he moves forward one step back from the blast. Uh-huh. Like, wow, it's very confusing. And then, how many? I mean, I know that that gun did not hold the amount of bullets that were discharged. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, ratings. I I gotta go low on this one. It's a four. Yeah, it's it's just a stinker. Stinks up the whole joint. They should have just tapped three. They should, they, should have, they should have looked at the movie after yeah. ending in four and be like, just don't release it. I mean, the, th- the thing is, especially crystallized in the Randy character, they're hyper aware of how these movies work. Yeah. Right. right. And, you know, they had their trilogy. Yes. You don't go to a fourth unless you're going to do 10 of them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to sort of go the Nightmare on Elm Street route where, like, right. you just sort of – it stops being about this main thing. Or even mm-hmm. minus, like, the Halloween that's coming out now, it stops being about, like, some of the main characters. And it sort yeah. of is more about, like, the serial killer themselves. And with the mask, like, you could completely just take that outfit and spin it out, especially if it's, like, a Halloween sure. store staple. But the third movie I felt, like, ended really well. She – you know, it gives you all of the happy endings. Nev Campbell opens up her gate as like a metaphor of like she, her right, life is now, right. you know, open and a little bit more peaceful. And I like that. You, I also like movies that let you think about what the ending will be instead of being like, I know we're going to come back and ruin everything you might have thought about. <laughs> so I have to agree with Eric. Yeah. And I also give this movie a four. I'm right with you. 
Four as well. I, I get where you know. Okay, if you if you want to do some sort of bullshit book ending thing, like oh, let's take it back to Woodsboro where it started. You can't do that in three movies. You can't have a Woodsboro movie, not a Woodsboro movie, and then come back. It's like it's stupid. So if you need to do that, it's four minimum. Well, I don't know. There's so many trilogies where Star Wars. Death Star in one and three, Indiana Jones, Nazis in one and three. You know, all right, all right. you, you got me. <laughs> I, I take back my entire comment. Thanks, <laughs> Stricken from the record. Yeah, <laughs> just erase it. Just can delete it. Uh, yeah, I'm also at a four. IMDb gives it a six point two. Okay. What? Uh, right now, any guesses on Rotten Tomatoes? Forty two. Forty eight. Fifty nine. Uh, okay. That's not so far off. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, a lot higher than I thought, and, and we we were talking about it might be bound in the 30s, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's still I feel like it's, 59. It feels right. It's still not technically fresh. <laughs> when is it fresh? 65. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm actually always still surprised. It's like a D plus and makes it fresh. But three gets a 36, and this one is at a 59. Like, yeah, I definitely think three is way more enjoyable than four. Yeah. But I don't know, maybe. Maybe it was like the ten year break that helped sort of uh, make everybody kind of like look at it through rose colored glasses, yeah, yeah. or yeah. have maybe a more um, after they watched four, they were like three is not so bad. Yeah, <laughs> like we should have left it in a trilogy. Yeah, yeah. All right. So how do we fix? How would we fix this series if we were making Scream? We had a time time machine and we went back and so we're, we're obviously saying one one is great, two is serviceable. I like one and two. Yeah. Um, where would we go from there? I don't know. You got any any thoughts on? I actually would probably change two because I don't really care for Scream the College Years. To be honest, <laughs> it's like a bad TV show. It's it, like I'm telling Saved you, by the Bell, the new class. It's like, that's, yeah, yeah, that's Degrassi. what I said earlier. Yeah. There's something about it, and yeah. It, yeah, I mean, Degrassi does it right. Where if you want to introduce like new characters, where you bring in old characters to sort of be like, hey, they're not so. I mean, kind of what they did with Cobra Kai. Like, hey, they're not so bad. All like, four of these movies is the the main character. It's not like they try to do like a generational upgrade right. or something. So. And I don't know if this movie should ever do like because I think they were trying to do that with the fourth one but I, I feel like it feels disconnected because they especially when you have three movies where you basically tie the main murderer to the main character so so much like you would need to have like a whole new murder happen to a completely different person in order for it to carry on mm-hmm. so I don't know I, I, I do like the second one I wonder if they would have like maybe stayed either in Woodsboro, like maybe she goes back for the summer, like I know what you did last summer style type thing where she's maybe still kind of fucked up, but like trying to like muscle through it. I did like the reveal of like the mom being the killer and I would have kept that, but I would have just maybe not put it on a college campus and mm-hmm. kept it in Woodsboro. And then in the third one, taking it out of Woodsboro. Yeah. You know what? You know what would have been better for me for three? You get rid of this whole bullshit of the half brother thing and you, you make him a producer that it realizes he's got a money maker on these movies and he wants to just keep cranking more out. So, and he's run out of murders. So I he, like needs, it. he needs to murder. He's got to generate, he's got to generate more content yeah. for yeah. them to be like, we got to make a story off of this. Look. Well, then that way you get rid of like the incredibly problematic plot line about rapey producers. Yeah, exactly. I feel, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that needs to go right away. <laughs> I feel, but I feel like they're trying to, they're trying to make this a whole, like every incident spun off of uh, Sydney's mother being oh, who yeah, she yeah, is. Right. I really don't want it's to hear the about for everything. I know it's like effect. in the first movie. Okay, she had an affair, and in the second, oh, maybe two affairs, right? And then in the second and third movies, it's all of a sudden she's like 
she screwed she's, everybody in yeah, she's Southern like California. Yeah, she's like slut to Kingdom Come. And <laughs> yeah. so, like, I could really never hear about her having affairs or whatever ever again yeah, and how, just right. like completely leave her mom in the past because I you know yeah. speak, like she can't defend herself you guys are using this poor dead person as like a prop or like an excuse yeah. for your murderous tendencies but yeah I like the idea well, of like, even, even if you leave in let's say let's say you compromise and you leave in um, Scott Foley as like the half brother or something then you, you make it so Lance Hendrickson's the one pushing for these murders to mm-hmm. like you know right and, he's yeah, been, and, then, and you, you think it's the half brother or something and he's he's got a grudge against her for the but mom, then maybe so. that's like a good way to get them to like team up as well yeah, yeah, well, that, yeah. there's right. a double murder yeah you go yep. there you yeah. go right. it's in their it's in both of their best interests once they discover that maybe they are related yeah. that mm-hmm. they stop these murders XYZ reasons why fixing four. I don't know if you it just you just don't do it. No, I think I think that <laughs> yeah. the answer really was to just make it into a TV show instead of doing yeah, four. Yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Because then then that way you're not beholden to anything that the movie franchise. Or you did. just go so far out there that's like that it's just nothing that anyone would ever guess. Like like some purge situation. <laughs> it's it, it actually is a ghost. <laughs> I, you know, it's you. It's someone who has. It'd be great if it was someone that had no connection to anything whatsoever, and you're just sort of like, what? <laughs> like that person was the killer. It's like, you know, because everybody had some connection to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, right. It's, it, right. I feel like they had half of a strong idea by bringing in like a cousin or whatever, and maybe she could be like the new Sydney, and yeah. Sydney is the one that's like coaching her up on how to like survive these movies, essentially. Mm-hmm. Could that could have yeah. been a different? That, way. that works. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, they sh- they should have the 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 like Sydney- a passing the torch. Sydney's cousin yeah. should have been the target. Yeah, right. The yeah. target, not the killer. Yeah. like that just yeah. felt like, oh my god, are you fucking kidding me? Another like psychotic family member of yours. Like, how? Like you shouldn't speak to any of your family ever <laughs> no. again. Yeah. They're all terrible people right. except for your dad. Right. And just let it go and don't ever go back to Woodsboro. Like also, I don't know why. Also you get a get a a list of everyone your mother slept with. Yeah, and get a conclusive list <laughs> because yeah, Sydney's cousin is kind of yeah, like right. She's kind of the analogous for Sydney, and so you could have had. You could have had where somebody is murdering people, kind of how in the third one they were doing it in order of the script, but they were doing it in order of like of uh, Sydney's cousins and her friends are like analogous like groups of people, Mm -hmm. and so it's like well, that's what I thought they were trying to do in the fourth one, but then they just sort of like farted on everything and went this other way that was (laughs) like I feel like the fourth one would have been a really great opportunity to pass the torch, kill off Sydney, and then just continue on. Uh We're like the cousin now. Kill off Sydney. I'm kidding. I would have. I I like Sydney, and I also really like Nev Campbell, but I also would have enjoyed seeing her die, which sounds very dark, and I don't mean it like that. But that would have been a great cold open, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The person that you think. That's will your, never that's die, your, dies. That's right. your Drew Barrymore. If this yep. person can die, anybody can die. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, and that really throws everything. But then you need a, a, a good enough character to carry the rest of the movie. But I think that's why Emma Roberts would have been like a genius. Well, she is genius ca- casting if you didn't make her the murderer because the whole time you're like, she's probably definitely murdering people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only to find out that like she's actually a victim would maybe do a little bit of good character building possibly oh, yeah. on top of that. But I like it. Cool. All right. Done. Call Hollywood. Yeah. Order, yep. order a four, four movie reboot. Please exactly. do. Let us work on it. <laughs> All right. Well, that was the Scream series. Thank you for uh, listening. Thank you, Margot, for coming on. Of course. Thanks for time. having me. This yeah. is fun. Uh, thanks, Eric, again. <laughs> You don't have to thank me. <laughs> and uh, you can find us at Sequel Harder on Facebook, Sequel Harder on Twitter. 
you can find all of our stuff and uh, many other podcasts on neozaz.com and if you want to send an email you can send it to sequelharder at gmail.com and uh, we'll see you next time really good medium term memory uh-huh. like i like i can remember things like i can't remember shit from like two hours ago yeah or or, <laughs> or, like, or anything you're like, like the dumbest version of memento oh, yeah or like a really long time ago or something but it's like if it's if it's been in the last like like within uh two days to six months or something i'm like i got it locked in <laughs> that's such an odd window of time everything else white clear all right man yeah. we gotta do this podcast before next weekend or it's gonna <laughs> <laughs> Just at noon, it dumps out. Yeah.